Hi there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Frankie 411 podcast. This episode, I am very excited to have guest Jonathan Trinity Martin. He's going to go into a little bit of his own personal backstory. He is what you would call a channeler. He channels an extra-dimensional consciousness collective referred to as the Yael. If you'd like to find information about his channeling and a little bit more about the Yael, you can certainly find him in the links that I have in the description, his YouTube channel where you can see videos about him. Um, but this is a great conversation I had with him about his backstory and a little bit of how he came to be where he is now. So do keep an open mind. If you're here to listen, you probably already have an open mind. So I do thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. So thank you so much for joining me today. We have Jonathan Trinity Martin for the podcast today, who channels the Yael civilization. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, so can you, I know that uh, on a lot of your videos and other uh, podcasts that you've done, you have introduced yourself and, and what you do in the Yael, but for a new audience, could you uh, give a little introduction to you and this channeling that you do and who are the Yael? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, I, I guess it all started back in like, 2007 2008 at that time I was going through quite a challenging period of my of my life I I I'd fallen out with a, with a lot of my friends of my kind of old friends partly due to my fault not so much that those <laughs> things happen um, right yeah yeah for sure I can see now how it was all kind of orchestrated how it had to happen so I could kind right. of go on this new path and so I was, um, I'd been drinking a lot and doing a lot of drugs prior to that time. And um, I had some health issues and I was suffering from anxiety and depression. And um, so so I was looking for answers and I started like searching through the internet, looking, I, I started looking into like alternative healing methods. And I got into conspiracies. I was a little bit into like 9-11 conspiracies, which we don't need to go down that horrible rabbit no, hole now. No, but I think that everybody kind of starts there on this journey. You know, that's kind of a jumping off point for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I, I, I was I, I was kind of like um, very open minded and I was kind of of the mindset at the time, like, like if they wouldn't tell the truth about this, then what else would they lie about? Which kind of opened my mind a lot. And I was exploring right. a lot of things. Like, um, I remember I was doing this, I found this thing called cloud busting, where you like focus your your your, your, your attention on a, a little white fluffy cloud and visualize it disappearing and, and make it disappear. And like, this would work. And I was like, I, I, I'm still not sure if it's, it's a natural phenomena that all small clouds naturally dissipate into, um, in, you know, into larger clouds. So maybe there was something natural going on. But at the time, I was like, wow. And actually, a few years later, I did actually do an experiment where I actually sat under um, a sky of it was pure, like gray blanket cloud all the way over. And I tried to visualize a blue circle appearing in the sky directly above my head. Mm -hmm. And I meditated and I visualized this and it worked. I couldn't believe it. And, like, I so love I actually, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of stuff and kind of finding out, you know, reality was very different, different to what we thought, you know, exploring a lot of metaphysical things and um, 
finding out that you know a lot of this stuff is real from like <laughs> experiments yeah. like that as one thing and th this led me down the path to something that really captured my interest which was ufos um i i I, I guess, like at the time, I was very scientifically oriented, so I find it I found it a little bit hard to to believe so much in all the spiritual stuff. But like you know, flying saucers in the sky, I was like, well, sure, maybe, like like you know, maybe. So um, right, I, I was um, I was reading a lot about and looking on the internet a lot about UFOs, and um, this eventually led me down the path to someone who you may have heard of called Dr. Stephen Greer. Yes, who's very familiar yeah, yeah. with him and his work. Yes, yeah, awesome. And he and, and he did this thing called the Disclosure Projects. This was like when was this? Like two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. And he'd done like his Disclosure Project where he got all the military witnesses to yep. to talk about their UFO experiences. And he also did this thing called CE five or coherent thought sequencing, which was basically a kind of guided meditation where you you connect to your as he terms it, cosmic consciousness, where we expand our consciousness. And as we go into deep meditation, we start to realize we are actually connected to the whole universe. And from here, you can actually connect your consciousness into ETs. And you start doing like visualizations to show them where you live on Earth and like mm -hmm. invite them in. So you like you visualize like the Milky Way galaxy, then our solar system, then planet Earth, then the United Kingdom. I was, I'm actually back in my parents' house at the minute where, where I this all started for me. And so, so I and I visualize like you're zoning in and to, to the location. Yeah, you live on Earth. I've tried to do that. And it's one of those things that kind of, you know, makes me wish I was a little better with geography in terms of like mapping in my <laughs> head, you know, trying to. OK, I know where I live in, in South Dakota. I'm trying to. What is the what does Earth look like without, you know, the maps that I have from school in my head to try to zone in a little bit? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a little bit more difficult in the United States because you haven't got so much, because I live kind of near the coast here and we've got like a very unique oh. coastline. We've got this area known as the Wash, which is between, I, I don't know, two places, but but it's like this big like inland kind of um, harbour, huge great harbour, like 60 miles or something. So a unique kind of yeah. land space to to visualise. Yeah, and of course the UK has a very unique topography. You know, it's mm -hmm. a very unique kind of country. I, I think in in the ocean, so so it's very kind of easy to visualise the UK. I, I think and and this area of the UK, and then I would um, visualise Lincoln Cathedral, which is a huge, great um, Gothic cathedral, like a beautiful cathedral that's just four mm -hmm. miles away from here. So we had a huge, a beautiful, like, like um, really great landmark to sort of this is where I am. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really great landmark. Actually, in World War Two, um, some of the um the bomber planes used to use it as a landmark to navigate back to when they were flying back from Interesting. Germany. Interesting. So it's um so it's recognizable, yeah. Yeah, so it's been used as a as um as a landmark for aircraft and now some very different aircraft. There, there you go. Yeah, and so I, I was doing I was doing this meditation, and then I finally visualized this huge, great uh, tree behind my house, and I was like visualizing that I, I'm like four miles south southeast of, of here, and this is the the, the what's known as CE five or CE five coherent thought sequencing, and I started doing this meditation, and it was my first experience with meditation, and I started to really enjoy it. But on the first few occurrences, I started seeing uh, some very profound visions. I saw a vision in my mind's eye of um, 
there was one i still don't know really what i was seeing i guess it was probably some kind of extraterrestrial world i didn't really click at the time that's mm -hmm. what i was saying i was just saying what on earth am i seeing but what it was it was a i could see the top of a green hill and it had like a castle on it like a very traditional like old english castle and um but there was like these kind of monks on it all wearing um cyan like turquoise robes like like very much like um, a traditional like christian monk except rather okay. than brown robes they were like wearing these turquoise cyan robes and they all had these pillows and they were all worshipping like this little speck of light on the pillow and they're all walking around and actually what i felt was on these pillows there was actually nothing and they, and they were worshipping nothing okay <laughs> <laughs> but but the idea is a lot of spiritual teachings talk to the idea that kind of god is is no thing you know like mm -hmm. the, the infinite source of creation is beyond all creation and therefore is no thing or nothing and so this is what i felt that they were worshiping the idea of the, the ultimate source of reality which was beyond form and therefore is nothing so they were carrying these uh, also cyan turquoise cushions and like there was, I could kind of see this little sparkle of light in the middle it was nothing almost like the divine spark it's like it yeah. you know it's nothing and everything all in one and and so that's all that's exactly. needed you don't need exactly. all the yeah. imagery and and the idols and things like that yeah, I, I guess so. I guess it was a very profound message, actually, thinking about it. Now, looking back, now I've got a lot more, you know, understanding of these kind of things. And I, I saw another vision of um, this world, which was like, um, it's very different rather than this lush green world. It was a very kind of hostile world. It was all just rocks, like okay. um, just like a rocky terrain with no plants, no plants at all. And there was all these crystal crystal structures. They were like like a hundred foot, foot tall quartz crystal points like going up into the sky a hundred foot tall and there was like kind of seven smaller quartz crystal I assume they were quartz they looked like quartz crystal okay. like points around the base of it and these were uh, and there was like hundreds of them going to the horizon all in a dead straight line just like this and these were actually houses they were dwellings and inside them there was just like a small cave a very small area with like these blue beings blue extraterrestrials all living as a very tight family very similar to how you'd see um i i don't know like cats living you know like cat cats living mm -hmm. in, a, in a small corner with like their their seven little kittens all around them all huddled yeah. together you know it, it was like this and so, so i was seeing these visions and I was just like, I didn't even kind of realize they were extraterrestrials at the time. I didn't know what I was seeing, but I was like, this is cool. I'm like seeing things. Kind of watching mind. a movie in my head. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that. I was totally new to it all. I didn't know what was going on, but it was really cool. And and also the meditations were making me feel very peaceful and very happy. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've been through this difficult phase in my life. And all of a sudden I found something that made me feel really great. So I just carried on doing it just because I was enjoying doing it. And I kind of forgot that I was actually trying to invite in like extraterrestrials physically in, in, in like ships into my location I kind of forgot that and I was just doing it every day because I was enjoying it it just became a habit and I did it every day for six to seven weeks something like this I don't remember the exact dates but after that I had a, that stuff started to happen I, I guess it does if you, if you if you do like ET contact meditations every every night continuously I think stuff's going to start to happen after a while and it yeah. did and I had 
Eventually you're going to get results. That's good. But that's a good thing to know, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. For sure. And this is one thing I encourage, you know, when I teach, like, if you're really into this, just keep doing it, doing it every day until you Mm -hmm. get results. And like, it worked for me. And so, so yeah. um, And yeah, and and I had a series of three UFO sightings over the next few weeks over this house here in in Lincolnshire. So now I I know you've talked about, can you describe what, what did the, were they just lights or were you able to see actual shapes of the craft itself or no they they were just lights but they did some very unusual things if i um the maneuvering that human crafts can't do yeah basically so i'll describe the second sighting i had the the first sighting was just basically this very strange flashing like right over my house but there was always like um military jets involved in these sightings and this is a thing that's continued into a a recent contact experience that we can talk about later um but the first sighting it was like i I heard that i was i was laid on my bed doing doing the the ce5 meditation it puts me in touch with the energy i I need to calm down and and oh too carried away sorry yeah that's it's still exciting though right it's it's yeah, yeah. Getting sure. that energy connection is really great. Yeah, I guess I guess fast and exciting works, especially if this is going on TikTok. We need to talk 100 miles an hour if we're on TikTok these days. Oh, so no, no, that's busy. why you do the little clips. You just put put pieces yeah. and then they can find the full the full episode. Yeah, yeah. So so um yeah, so I was lying on my bed and doing the CE5 meditation and I felt an energy of unconditional love come over me. Probably the first time I'd ever experienced unconditional love. Um, you know, just a pure feeling of love for no mm-hmm. reason. You know, before that, I'd always associated love with, you know, partners, relationships. I'd sure. never experienced just love for, for in a meditation, for any, you know, just for no reason. And so I, I was doing the meditation. I felt this feeling of unconditional love, this really, like, beautiful feeling coming over me. And I remember looking up at my lampshade above my bed. And it started rotating like this. And I could see like it was almost like um, there was little windows round ra- ra- round my, my lampshade. Oh, that's and very interesting. Of, yeah, I, I now believe what was occurring is I was kind of seeing with my third eye. And like so I was kind of overlaying, kind of looking, seeing two dimensions. Right. Know, in physical reality, there's the lampshades. But now I'm tapping in perhaps to the astral level, astral dimension, not dimension of reality and kind of overlaying it on that and I could and it started to rotate and then the next thing I know I can I hear this very loud noise of a fighter jet approaching my house a military jet um and so so, so after watching a lot of UFO um you know documentaries videos maybe just stuff, a little bit spooky in the moment huh it wasn't spooky at the time no no it was it was exciting at the time um it's never really spooky I, th- I think because um I was at home in my bedroom. I, sure. I've had these experiences. When you're out in the forest in the middle of the night and this starts happening, it's very different. It's not, yeah, it's a different kind of energy. Spooked. Sure. But, yeah, but when you, it's kind of, it was the middle of the day. It was still light. I think it was approaching dusk, but it was like early evening. Um, I think it was probably like August time. And it was probably like 8 p.m. You know, it was just starting to get dark. So, 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 I, 
So I, I heard, I just heard this sound of this military jet approaching, and I, and I knew from all my research that often, like you know, helicopters, military jets are involved in UFO sightings. So I jumped up, I looked out the window, and it was back at the other side of the house when, when I was living here, because I'm just kind of temporary staying in a, in a different mm -hmm. room now, and um, and I, and I, I like looked out the window, and I. I uh, from this, I couldn't see this fighter jet, but I could tell it was flying over the top of the house. And from and there's clouds cover, that's why I couldn't see it. But I, but from the from the location of of where the fighter jet was flying over, I saw three big bright flashes of white light, like like pulsing, like whoosh, mm -hmm. whoosh, whoosh, like that, and. The energy was like electric, like like that's all I saw, and and like I don't know, it could have been some strange military jet phenomena, but but there was this incredible energy, and and, and with everything that was going on, so so I so I felt something had happened then. It really felt like, uh, looking back, I'm sure there was some kind of extraterrestrial presence there. So um, some of it is a little bit of intuition too, right? Just the yeah, you know the feeling and the sense that you get that there's something more than than what our, our our logical minds like to try to come up with a rational explanation right yeah and and so 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 the next sighting so 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 who knows what happened there but the next sighting was a lot more interesting a lot more bizarre so so i think this time i was actually watching a ufo documentary on the internet so it wasn't actually when i was doing the ce5 meditation this time but again i heard the sounds of military jets appro approaching the house and obviously after last time I was like oh maybe something happened yep. so I jumped up to my window and like from the sound of where it was coming from it was coming from like west to east over there I like I like crane cranes my head out the window to look over the house of the roof where, over the roof of the house where it's coming from and from the from where the sound of the military jet was coming from I could see no military jet all I could see was a golden ball of light a ball of like like almost like gold fire like gold light like just just going over the house but it appeared to be making the sound of a military jet and so oh, interesting yeah yeah i still don't know really what was going on to this day it was very bizarre i've got some theories we can perhaps talk about in a minute but um But yeah, it, it was going over, and I, I said to it, and my I, I can't remember if I said it verbally. I think I just thought it in my head. I just said, kind of said the said the thoughts in my head. I said to it, yeah, I don't think I said it out loud. Um, I just had said, kind of spoke to it in my head in thoughts. I, I don't know how I knew to do that, but like um, yeah, <laughs> um, I just said it in my. I probably read stuff about this, but I said it said to it just in my mind. I said, if you're a UFO, go up and down. And um, as soon as I said that, it like it like it. So it's going along like this, making the sound of a military jet, a golden ball of light. And as soon as I said that, it went <laughs> and shot up in the sky about like two hundred feet, hundred feet, two hundred feet, something like this. And then and then it went along, and it came down again. I don't remember exactly, but I think it went up again, mm -hmm. like like totally like impossible maneuvers, like like, like a complete uh, perpendicular, just straight up. Yeah, like if it was some kind of military project, it was it was it was some kind of super top secret military jet. Right. Which we still don't know about today because officially there's there's nothing in like um, the military arsenal that can that can go and turn on a ninety degree angle and just go right. 
like that, like that's way beyond like any 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 military aircraft can do officially. And so so so, so it went along and it came back down. I think it went back up again. Then at some point it disappeared, just disappeared at all. I presume it was still making the sound of the military jet. I think it must have been. And then it reappeared, and but it was invisible like at this way. It just disappeared. And then it reappeared. And then it went off into the distance over to the east over there. And I remember right in, in, in the distance, it started to flash like red and green lights on the wings, almost like a normal aircraft, like normal, I think they call them the navigation lights, the, the sure. red and the green lights. And yeah, and 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 so so I I thought about this a lot, and like you know, perhaps it was. I think one thing that ETs do is they don't like to infringe on our free will, and they like they don't like to freak us out, and they don't like to force their beliefs on us, and they like to give us a, like a kind of get out clause. Well, you that's know, kind like of what I was thinking. That maybe that was the sound of the military jet. If they maybe mimic that sound as a sort of hey, last time we made that sound, you came out and looked out the window. Maybe this is a trigger to get you to look out the window. But then, like you say, yeah. it's also, okay, if you're if you're not prepared to accept the idea of it being an extraterrestrial, then, then here's a familiar sound that you can explain it away if it's too much for you. Yeah, exactly, because it, it might have been, like, too much for me, or I think there's this kind of thing where they, they like to respect the free will of, like, an evolving civilization it's like that they, they they like to let us evolve at our own rate and they don't like to force themselves upon us so it could have been that like giving my you know my mind <laughs> an option to believe that you tell myself that it was just something normal and forget about it i don't mm -hmm. know um one other theory that is very interesting is um there's a story that when from the days of of the of the um the great explorers like um, Christopher Columbus mm -hmm. and um, these guys, the, the great the great sailors. There was a, a, one called um, Ma Ma Magdalen Ma Ma Magellan 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 Magellan. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, apparently that they would tell these stories. I think it was particularly Magellan um, when he would land off, off the coast in his giant, you know, sailing ship, these amazing, you know, sailing ships that they had with all the sails mm -hmm. in those days, they would, they would, they would, they would anchor up off shore and the locals, the natives wouldn't be able to see them. It was like, like the, the, the natives wouldn't pay any attention that, you know, they, you know, they'd, they'd anchor up in this huge, great, you know, magnificent sailing ship, with these right. ships just, just off the coast. And, 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 you know, ready to invade the natives or, um, you, you know, or whatever. And, you know, you'd, you'd think really the natives would be preparing their spears, you know, freaking out. Right. And, and, and But they wouldn't even see them. They wouldn't even notice them. They'd just carry on with their work. And they'd be like, this is weird. It's almost like they can't see us. But as soon as they got in their, in their smaller boats, in their rowing boats to, to come into land, all of a sudden the natives would see them and, um, you know, start taking action. And it, and it's this the theory is that you you can't see something if you don't believe it exists, like like the the physical. Right. Yeah. So kind of um, like you know we create our own reality and you vibrate with the reality that that is with your belief structure. Kind of how Bashar or you know Daryl Anka talks about you know with Bashar that if you believe in something you're able to vibrate with it and and interact with it, but if you don't, it's 
yeah, it's something that because everything exists in the here and now it is here, it is there. But, but if you don't have a belief structure that says that that is a real thing or that that exists, you know, it's, it is kind of invisible to you. It's like a perception filter. Yeah, exactly. And this, this is a phenomenon known in, in psychology and, and to, to use like a more real world example, I know uh, Tony Robbins, the business life coach, gives an example of this. You know, he uses it for a very different reason. You know, mm -hmm. he's all about creating wealth and that. But he gives the example of like well, when you're a child and, and you're having dinner at the dinner table and your mom asks you to go and get the salt out of the cupboard. And you, and you, I'm not getting the salt. I only, I can't be bothered. You know, I might, my mm -hmm. dinner. I don't, I don't want to get it. I don't know where the salt is. Shut up. And like, I just want to eat my dinner. And your mum's like, go and get the salt now. So you go to the cupboard and you open the cupboard. And she said, and he said, I can't see the salt. And she says, it's there on that shelf. He said, I can't see it. It's not here. And you're really looking for it, but, but you don't, what you don't want to see it. So somehow you just can't see it. Right. And, and she's like, get me the salt now. And you're like, I can't see it. It's not here. And then she comes over and she's like, what's this? And you're yeah. Like, oh. And, it, and it's like it's that psychological phenomena. You really don't want to see it. You, you don't believe it's there. And so you can't see it. And it's kind of something psychology. Well, or um, so another example that I kind of like with that is when you're, you know, sort of panicked looking for something, say like your cell phone, I can't find it. I can't find it. And you're digging through everything and trying to find it. And turns out it's been in your hand the whole time. You've had it yeah. the whole time, you know, one of those things like where like you just because you're you're in this belief structure of I don't have it you don't realize it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and so that was one of the theories I had that like, um, you know, cause, cause like it was when it went into the distance, you know, when it was like going up and down, you know, when I said to it in my head, like if you're a UFO, go, go up and down. It went, <laughs> I mean, at that moment I was like, Holy crap, this is a UFO. But then mm. it went off into, you know, it slowly went off into the distance over the period, you know, it's like probably, probably a minute or even two minutes, you know, that you, before well, I could still see it in the horizon. And then, um, and then, um, yeah, and then it kind of turned into these, like uh, it appeared to, I could see these red and green, it suddenly seemed to change into a normal plane with the red and green nav lights flashing on it. So I wondered if it was something to do with my mind. At that point, I started to doubt it. And as soon as I started to doubt it, my mind put this filter over it and I, I saw what I believed it to be. Mm -hmm. Incident incidentally, I just remembered that like after that sighting, I, I looked over to my neighbor who, who no longer lives here. They moved away. And I never asked her about this. I never dare. I, I would do. I wish I had done. But I looked over to my neighbor's window and she was stood there. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't the only one who noticed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So she saw it as well because because her window, her kitchen window, directly looks at, overlooks that way, the direction sure. it's coming. And well, I, I and isn't that? Out. That's some great confirmation, though, that like, well, she must see something strange if she's got that look on her face of yeah. shock. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe. so the Yael, um, what when did you first sort of have a more, I guess, conscious sort of dialogue situation happen? Yes. So so a, f a few months after this, I came across the teachings of Bashar channeled by Daryl Anker. Mm -hmm. he, he's another extraterrestrial channeled by uh, someone called Daryl Anker. And he is like a hybrid gray extraterrestrial. And he's half human, half gray extraterrestrial and kind of looks like, like, you know, one of these grays with the big eyes and the big mm -hmm. heads. 
And, it, and it's interesting because in the CE5 meditation, I was actually, before I do the zoning in, the way I was connecting into the ETs was to visualize the face of a gray ET because that was the only type of extraterrestrial I knew of at the time. And sure. I was kind of making my own meditation because uh, Dr. Greer, I couldn't find his whole method at the time. I don't know if he was sharing it publicly back in 2008 fully. So I, so, so I was visualizing this vis image of a gray extraterrestrial as part of the CE5 meditation. Of course, now I understand that we actually create our reality kind of due to the law of attraction through what we focus upon. So, so I actually believe as a kind of side effect of these CE5 meditations, I actually manifested Bashar and shifted to a parallel reality, a timeline where there was this gray extraterrestrial channel by Daryl Anker. And so, oh, that's, so I, that's an interesting thought that you sort of like you shift into a new reality and that's why you also sort of find these different channelers or this different information that, that you shift into a, a, a reality where you can access that information. Yeah, but because this is one of the teachings that the Yael that I channel uh, teach and also what very similar to what uh, Bashar channeled by Daralenka teach, the idea that we create our own reality and reality is actually an illusion within our consciousness. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually, there's not actually really an earth out there. We're not actually really a being living in earth earth actually exists within us like much like a dream at night you know when we have a dream at night we know it's not a real we're not really going anywhere it's just something that's happening within our consciousness when we're asleep and so th this is the same as physical reality from what i understand it from what i've learned from the et channelings yeah absolutely that um, you know everything is consciousness and so you're experiencing a, sort of a and it you know even quantum physics now is is, is agreeing with this this, you know, I don't, you wouldn't call it a theory, but with the concept that all of reality is more of a holographic light projection, like you are the projector, you project the light. And so everything sort of appears around you, not that you are moving about in reality, but reality creates itself around you. Yes. And ultimately within our consciousness, because we, we are, I guess, ultimately source consciousness and everything mm -hmm. exists within us. And so, you know, and, and this has been taught by, by most of the, of the major religions, most spiritual teachings, as, as well as quantum physics, you know, mm -hmm. many of the Eastern spiritual teachings, you know, teach that um, reality is an illusion. I can't remember the exact words they use for it now, kind of the, the veil of illusion, the, the veil of, I can't remember what they call it. But yeah. But it is at the basis of a lot of, of religions, the idea, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you, even in, in Christianity is, yeah. is something they say. And, and it's something that, you know, we have sort of not necessarily understood properly, maybe as a human consciousness for a very long time. But we're kind of waking up to understanding that, you know, it really is within you. It's it's reality. It's it's is within you. You know, the divine light of creation comes from you. It's not that you're, you know, sort of a pawn moving around in it and and subject to whatever is going on, but that you have a lot more uh, say in your reality than than what we've been sort of taught or conditioned to believe up till you know recently well i should say you know for most people maybe in the mainstream i guess you could say yeah yeah exactly and, and from what i understand the the, the way we create this is there's, there's actually kind of infinite parallel realities like mm -hmm. that reality is infinite in nature and and we're all we're always kind of navigating through different parallel realities actually like billions of times a second we're moving through like um you could almost view reality as infinite still 
frames like this is one parallel mm -hmm. reality this is one parallel reality this is one parallel reality and normally you know we're just waving our hand and there's nothing abnormal about seeing our hand waving but that's actually we've shifted through like billions and billions of parallel realities right that illusion of our hand waving like think of like a film strip it's all individual yeah, pictures exactly. but when it moves quickly it gives you the illusion of motion Yes, exa exactly. And, and so, so once we begin to understand this more and we understand that we actually create our reality through what we focus upon, through, through our beliefs, um, where we focus our attention, we, we, can, we can, you know, this is what actually occurred during the C5 meditation. It wasn't so much that I actually, you know, telepathically communicated with, um, with an ET in Sirius and invited him into our reality, although, although that was probably was true in the illusion in the experience right on, on a deeper level you know i created this reality within my dream consciousness where i invited a being from sirius into my reality or perhaps from you know the yaya mothership or whatever or, or these gray beings and so and so so like i was saying i um i believe that like i i created this reality within my consciousness i shifted to a a parallel reality or i made a timeline shift as it's uh, fashionably called the yeah that's a trendy <laughs> way to say it yep timeline shifting yeah i shifted timelines to, to a timeline where um there was this guy called daryl anchor who was channeling a, a gray extraterrestrial who looked very similar to the gray ets that i was visualizing in my my um my ce5 meditation so yeah, so, so so to get to get back to to the story where, where I was on, I, I ended up listening to um, Daryl Anker's teachings every every day for like about a year. Like uh, like I said, I was going through quite a difficult time in my life. I was looking for answers, and um, you know, he was teaching if you follow your highest excitements, moment to moment, yeah. your life will get better, you'll get happier, you'll get more joyful, you'll get healthier. And so, so these were kind of all the things I was looking for at the time: happiness, health, and you know, it's yeah, all ultimately, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, that's all we're trying to do, every one of us. Just how do yeah. I be happy? Yeah, uh, and so, and also, I'd come across channeling a bit before in my um, research, but I was like, this is crazy, you know, someone going how, 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 and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is too much. But then yeah. I came back to it this time with Bashar, and I like, I don't know, so, so I just. I guess I've become a bit more open-minded by now. I actually came across it through some synchronicities, through giving, getting some guidance in a meditation. And the information seems very, it seems like a higher level of intelligence. It, it didn't seem just like random nonsense. You know, if someone was crazy, you, you wouldn't expect them to be like, right. And, and... But there's also, I think, probably an element too of things resonating with you as being true, you know? And that's, I think, something that, um, you know, with people who are talking to people like you who channel on podcasts and things, trying to help others be open minded in the sense of, you know, maybe don't overthink this and, and automatically judge it as being, you know, someone who's a charlatan, somebody who's fake, you know, listen to the message, listen to the information, feel the energy. Does it resonate energetic with energetically with you as, as being true? Does it make you feel something? And and that that's really what you should focus more on is how do you feel when you hear this message or receive the information or experience that channel or do you feel a sense of truth is there a spark in you that you know that that feels like this could be this could be real or that this is something that connects with you 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, I now understand that to be true. I didn't understand anything about that at the time, but uh, I, I'm sure that played a part in it, you know, some deeper level of me, you mm-hmm. know, my soul, my soul consciousness, my higher self, I guess, was, was starting to shine through. Kind of like, tap on the window and, and hey, pay yeah. attention to this kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like I, I think all along I've been kind of open to to our alternate ideas you know when a lot of people have just been oh, oh this is nonsense I've kind of been like well you know maybe it's not nonsense you know this seems quite intelligent you know right going mm-hmm. back to even younger years where where I started doing yoga and um you know it must have been going back to I don't know 2002 something like this my friend had a book on yoga and everyone was like in those days everyone was like oh yoga's nonsense yoga's right. like woo, woo, woo 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 stuff yeah of course now like how can you like, uh, right like, everybody's doing yoga yeah, yeah. Like, like yoga's a regular thing but like back in 2002 even like you know because it was coming from hinduism we weren't really exposed to the internet we weren't exposed to alternate things you know so so i remember like back in 2002 people were like oh oh yogas or woo woo mm-hmm. and i was like well, well maybe it's not it seems to make a lot of sense so i'll give it a go and like so same thing when um when internet poker first came o- on the internet um everyone was saying you you cut it's all a luck game you 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 can't you can't you can't make a, a living at internet poker because it's just luck but there were all these books saying well, actually you can use a strategy to 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 to, to yeah to, you to can kind of loss. trick the algorithm kind of thing yeah well it's actually not tricking the algorithm it's actually um like out because you're playing against other people you've just got to play better than the other people over well you're right which is the same as if you're in a physical poker tournament or what have you you know learning how to read the situation and and make the right decisions which i guess is kind of like even in itself even in poker you're still kind of tapping into your higher self the good poker players you know they're the ones who who are tapping into an intuition that tells them when to bet and when to bluff and and sort of how to behave to yeah. to navigate and to win. Yeah, exactly. And the the idea is that like if you play it while you know you can get unlucky several times and they can get lucky cards. If you play like a hundred thousand hands, the, the the randomness will balance out if you're right. playing a better game over time. And so so so, so but. Yeah, and I, I was kind of like this. Everyone was like on the internet, yeah, you can't make money at poker. And I was like, well, all, all the top strategists say you can. So so, so why would I believe some random idiot who's just saying blah, blah, blah? Right. So, so, so I've kind of always just been open to to like new things, you know, like, um, and, you know, you know, I tend to always be right as well. I don't want to like choke my own show and I go watch, check my ego here. But um, <laughs> like, you know, with, with yoga, I was right. With poker, I was right, you know. With some of these conspiracies, I believe, you know, everything I kind of focused upon, it's turned out to be true. And like, right. I'm now and it's, people... it's part of creating your reality, though, right? Like, you know, it, you shift into the timeline where it is true and you are correct because you do believe it. So, you know, you shift yeah. into the timeline where, of course, people make a bunch of money playing poker online. Of course, yoga is the thing that everybody does now. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, looking at it that way. Yeah, yeah like I've um... shifted into that timeline where that's what the reality is, because that's what I believe. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's not get too sidetracked on poker. So, <laughs> yeah. So, 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 um, yeah. So, so I was following these teachings of Bashar for a year, and in two thousand and nine, on my birthday. Happy my birthday. birthday 
right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. My my birthday weekend is my thirty third birthday. Thirty three threes is all connected. Yeah, to this. yeah, yeah. Talk a lot about this. It was my thirty third birthday weekend um all my friends told me they weren't interested the few friends i had left because uh, i'd fallen out with a lot of them mm -hmm. if you remember and the few i had left didn't want were all busy strangely didn't want to do anything with me i wanted to go fishing like angling and they're like no we're all busy and I'm like, oh great so i decided to go fishing to the coast but actually at the last minute i actually um my, my friend, I, I made to get a little bit of marijuana for my birthday. I hadn't I hadn't oh. touched it for like this whole, I used to smoke it a lot, but then I hadn't touched it for over a year. I thought it's my birthday. I just have a little bit. And, I, and, and when I smoked this little bit of marijuana, it did, after studying Bashar's teachings every day for a year, it kind of like something clicked. It's like, so I just knew. You know, if you smoke. could just get into that relaxed state, you know, maybe just a little something that like you just allowed a little extra in right like you know yeah, a little bit of yeah. assistance that kind of permission slip like Bashar says to like relax yourself enough to let in something new yeah exactly it just like um up until that point I'd been kind of scared you know my mind had been like is this true is this real I'm not sure mm -hmm. this is very different to me. but something just like like you say relaxed and all of a sudden I like just knew it was all true and I like, right, what's my highest excitement? And I'm like, being as I, I'd started smoking the weed again for my birthday weekend, I decided I was going to go to Amsterdam on the ferry. Okay. Because Amsterdam um, is where uh, cannabis is legal or decriminalized, because in the UK, it's, right. it's, still, it's still legal here now, actually. And um, But in Amsterdam, it's been decriminalized for many years. So, so I could go to Amsterdam and smoke much better quality weed in the coffee shops where it's yeah. all you know, legal and you don't have to worry about you know, police or whatnot. And so so, so, I, so it became my highest excitement. I only had like about 200, just over 200 British pounds to my name. But I was like, come on, Bashar says, follow your highest excitement. Trust and you'll be fine. You. Yeah, so, so, I, so, 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 I, so I ended up driving to the... Um, to the ferry port and I managed to to get a um, cheap quite a cheap ticket um on the ferry <laughs> very synchronistically yeah to Amsterdam for the weekend I got like this booze cruise thing where you get go for the weekend on the overnight thing and um I got a cheap ticket and um yeah and spent the weekend in Amsterdam just like following my excitement I was mm -hmm. I had a really amazing weekend I, I, I was you know smoking the the high quality stuff in, in Amsterdam and just following my excitement, just going yeah. around all the shops and the stores and visiting the museums and the, the, the daffodils and the tulips, you know, which Holland's famous for and and, the, and all this stuff. And I had an amazing weekend. And then I, I remember on the the coach back, I remember um, I, I remember the last thing I did was I, I threw the last of my weed in the bin because obviously you can't bring it on yeah. the ferry back to the UK. Right. Big trouble. So I threw it all away and got on the coach. And um, I remember that on the coach back, I could hear all this um, like music. It was like angels were singing to me, like like it was so beautiful. It was like like I could just hear like all these angels singing to me. It might have been the ETs, I don't know, or singing to me the most beautiful music I've ever heard. Still, really to this day, I've never really had that this experience again. And, was this um, something that you was more sort of in your mind kind of experience that like? sort of like what they you know when you say say head radio like if a song plays in your head like you're hearing this in in your mind sort of mm -hmm. or you were hearing it auditorially it was, like it was outside 
Oh no, no, it was it was inside my head, like mm -hmm. you know, like when the song's playing. But it was, it was something I'd never heard before, and just actually to touch on it, I had this incredible like synchronicity, like coincidences. But as I know synchronicity now. Were mm -hmm. like when I when I was driving to to the ferry port, I drove here from Lincoln to Hull. And just as I as I approached every traffic light, they all turned green just as I was approaching. And, mm -hmm. and if and if if you're you know you're a driver, you know that never happens. You know you're right, you're, absolutely. It's normally the other way around, isn't it? It's normally yeah. all red when you get to them. It, it's but it wasn't just they were all green as I approached them. It was every single one of them, right? I'd be driving towards them, and they'd be red. And I and just as I approached it, it'd go red, amber, green. And I'd go through, mm -hmm. and 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 like, and I got to the just next. Just a perfect line. flow timing. Yeah, yeah, perfect flow, and it's exactly the same every time. It go red, amber, green, and I'd go through, mm -hmm. like all the way, like from here, like it's like a fifty-five mile journey to the ferry port from here. Oh, so and quite I, for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, and and I must have gone through a dozen or more. Maybe fifty. I don't know. Over a dozen traffic lights. Yeah, that's um, a. I think so. Like a lot of people would consider that to be, you know, uh, a very high stroke of luck, but definitely, you know, amazing yeah. synchronicity. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I remember as I was approaching Hol um, not Holland, um, Hull, where the ferry port is. Like by this time, like my draw was dropped. I was like, because <laughs> I was seeing it happen, and I knew this was like beyond normal. Like this right. was like, really bizarre. And I remember driving over what's known as the Humber Bridge, which is um, a, a huge, like, beautiful suspension bridge um, over a massive estuary, you know, a river estuary into the sea, mm -hmm. where it begins to branch out into the ocean. And as I drove over that, like it was dead calm. There wasn't a um, single ripple on the water. And there's all this steam rising off the water. And it was like, like I was heading into some mystical realm it was like i'd stepped out and you're on a bridge too so very sort of um you know symbolic you know crossing over into a new uh, I guess, yeah, reality yeah. kind of thing you know thinking of bridges as being sort of like liminal transitional right it's a transition over yeah, over yeah. something you know exactly and it was like literally mystical you know mystical i guess this is what part of where the word mystical comes from um you know you know th th this real like spiritual mist it's different mm -hmm. it's spiritual mist you know they used to talk about in the mists of avalon there's a famous book about yeah. about, about um glastonbury here which used to be avalon where you know the, um, king king arthur and merlin law then lived and mm -hmm. the, the mists would part to get into avalon i'm sure it was that same mist you know it's not human plain mist it's mists of another dimension and so, so this mist was rising and by now i'm like whoa <laughs> You know, like this like feels weird. Sort of changing, yeah, and I like I knew something was happening at that point. Like, like it was very clear that I was. It was like I was. I know cr crossing the thresholds of like um, normal reality. It was yeah like, into into a higher timeline. I think looking back, the ETs might have been present at that point. Um, because I've had experiences since where mist appears when the ETs are about. Mm -hmm. Very much like the movies, you know, you've seen the movies? Where well, and that's that's kind of what I thought, you know, like part of our reality is a little bit informed by pop culture and the things that we've seen. And so, you know, you have that sort of imagery in your mind when it comes to those kind of moments in movies. And so it's like, okay, well, so this is what I create for my reality and this, you know, what, what my higher self is telling me is sort of a, a 
pivotal moment that I, I need to recall. So I, I have this additional imagery that goes with it This in the same, you know, in the same way movies are created, I'm creating this movie for myself. And, and so like, this is how I've created it. Like, you know, this amazing experience of all these synchronistic green lights and then this amazing, you know, bridge scene. Like you can, you can visualize it as a movie, you know, like just seeing the, you know, it, it's like a big moment. You can almost hear the music swelling, you know, the soundtrack kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that's part of it, you know, because it's all affecting our reality. But, but I do believe also that and Steven Spielberg, who, you know, perhaps one of the most famous of, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it, it, it said that he had insider knowledge. And that, um, Yeah, that he spoke with, oh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, starts with an F, uh, who was in Project Blue Book that, that did assist him with uh, information, sort of, you know, to create that film. Yeah, J. Allen Hynek. And it, yeah. And, and, yeah, and he actually appears. I, I found out the other day that J. Allen mm -hmm. Hynek actually appears in the movie. He actually yeah, got at the end scene, role. he's in there, yep. Yeah, yeah, he actually appears in the movie. And, like, yeah, he, he was one, like, for those of your your viewers that don't know, he was, like, one of, he worked on a, one of the main government projects um, of UFO research, and he ended up quitting because he was like, this is just all a sham, it's a cover-up, they don't want to get back to the truth, so I'm leaving and I'm going to get mm -hmm. to the bottom of this myself. And he, I believe he was the guy that in, invented the, the the terminology, close encounters of the first kind, second kind, third right, kind, yes. fourth kind. Yes. Yeah. And, and I've recently actually seen an interview with Steven Spielberg. It popped up in my TikTok feeds, and Steven Spielberg has actually now gone on the record and said that extraterrestrials are visiting us and the government knows this and they're not telling us the truth. Oh, I have not seen this. Oh, that's so, wow, that's an interesting sort of shift into a timeline of disclosure on a higher level, right? Yeah, yeah. Very I, I, cool. I, 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 I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said something like that. He says, he says, um, you know, we're being visited by extraterrestrials. Um, the government knows a lot more than they're telling and they're not mm -hmm. sharing it with us. So, you know, he's well, obviously, talking. because you speak to them directly, so you know this. So, sorry, I, I'm not quite with you. Oh, sorry, you, you speak to them directly, so you know that they're visiting us because they, you know, they speak with you and they've talked to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. And I, I've actually had, um, you know, a physical experience with them now. I've been on the ship, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute because it sure. kind of fits into the story. So, so yeah, basically, I had this amazing mystical weekend in Amsterdam. I came back to the UK on Monday morning on the ferry, uh, returned on the booze cruise ferry in the morning. I didn't have any booze, so I wasn't into that at the time. Yeah, I had another synchronicity on the way back, actually, because I'd run out of money. I had literally like about five British pounds. I still had seven British pounds left. And I, I saved myself like um, enough, enough money to buy like two sausage rolls on, mm -hmm. on, on the ferry for my breakfast. And with the, with the other four pounds, I went in the casino and put it on, on the roulette table and um, won, won enough money to eat in the, eat in the restaurant. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I yeah, do yeah. love that, yeah. that, you know, we follow your excitement and your reality will support you. And, and I, yeah, you know, yeah. it's definitely, that's something that I think it, for me at least is, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge still for me to allow that, you know, and not have that human worry and concern, but I love that. You just go ahead, last $4, here you go. And you want enough to, to have a bigger dinner. That's amazing. 
Yeah, so I got in the posh restaurant, which is the buffet restaurant that night, and um, I got in there like 30 minutes before closing or something, and it was like, it all seemed so synchronous, because it was like I had like, um, like literally 30, it was maybe less than 30 minutes, but it was like 20, 30 minutes to like eat as much as I could. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I, I've been smoking all weekend, so I had the money. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. And um and like they were like they were like saying like right you've got twenty minutes so if you eat too much it's not going to help because something big is going to happen tomorrow which I I'll explain in a minute they all obviously knew this okay um but it was it was like I had enough time to fill my belly with um just enough calories to get me through the next day I, I ate like quite a lot but I had to all be eaten in like twenty five minutes or something and I ended up eating like I I went I went to get I was kind of like semi-vegan at the time so vegetarian I was only eating fish so I meant to get like three pieces of fish but I got chicken by mistake so I got three pieces of chicken but but maybe I needed it because because the, the extra the protein day, yeah because the next day I had quite an amazing experience so it was kind of like they wanted to get get me um, plenty of sustenance to so I had the calories to get me through the day because basically I arrived back in the UK the next day I went out to 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 I, I thought right I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my excitement one last time and instead of going to work I was planning on going going to work that morning back in, on the Monday morning and I'm gonna follow my excitement one last time skip work I was self-employed so so it wasn't too hard and um and, and just go to the forest I just got this real excitement to go to the forest in the UK and like when I got there I, I found I had this little bit of weed left in my car that I, I got for my birthday from my friend oh okay um, and so, so I thought, oh, <laughs> I'll relax I, again. It's been, yeah. <laughs> it's been working so far. Yeah, yeah. And so I smoked it in the forest, but um, it was like I smoked too much. It was like because I hadn't smoked it for a year. I kind of smoked the same amount that I was smoking before when I was smoking it all the time. It's kind of like I overdose. Right. Of course, you can't seriously overdose on weed. Right. But your tolerance right. is not the same. So, you, yeah, yeah. you know, have a yeah heavier experience. And, and I, I basically felt like I was going crazy. Like I had a real horrible experience after smoking this. I, I felt like I was infinite consciousness trapped in my body. And it was a really, really unpleasant feeling, like something mm -hmm. new in me. I was a soul. I was a spiritual being. And my natural state was like infinite and untethered and unbounded. But then I realized I was in my physical body. And I wasn't infinite and I wasn't unbounded. And I was I felt trapped in my physical body. And right. It, and it freaked me out big time. I like really freaked out. I'm like, I don't want to be in this physical body. But like, mm -hmm. like I, you can't do anything about it, you know, unless you kill yourself. But, you know, I, I wasn't in that. Right. Kind of state. I'm not going to do that. But I, I was like, um, holy crap, I'm trapped in my body. Like, this is horrible. I'm trapped in this whole little container. Ah! I'm so and restricted. Really what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, and I really started to freak out. I felt really, really bad. Really, it was horrible. It was really horrible. And then this voice, as if it spoke inside my stomach, inside my belly, um, around my solar plexus area, it felt like it was coming from there. It said, um, it said something like, but believe, ju just believe, no, it said, accept your infinite consciousness. This is what it said to me. It said, accept your infinite consciousness, this voice that spoke inside my belly or inside my heart or my chest or something. Felt a bit lower than my heart. It said, accept your infinite consciousness. And as soon, and it was like, I felt so bad. I had no option. <laughs> <laughs> you had to surrender right now because there's yeah. nowhere else to go. 
yeah, it was like it was like okay, I accept I'm infinite consciousness. I give in. I, I just accept I'm infinite consciousness. And as soon as I and I did, I accepted I was infinite consciousness. Something inside me just accepted it. It did. I did accept it. I accepted I was infinite consciousness. I like 100% knew, believed, and accepted that I was infinite consciousness in my true nature. And as soon as I accepted that I was infinite consciousness, this horrible pain and darkness and suffering, unbearable suffering shifted in an instant to like bliss and euphoria like I like oh beautiful and expanded into like heaven into like like bliss and euphoria and just like ecstasy and like um, and so after that every step I took through the forest I got higher and higher and higher and higher and I remember at one point I was in the forest and I thought to myself that after studying all these teachings about synchronicity and how, how when you're on a very high frequency, synchronicities can happen. Mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, maybe I'm going to meet my soul soulmate, my twin flame, you know, my my romantic soulmate. Right, sure. Here, here, right now. And then I thought, no, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to meet the ETs. I, I, I just like knew. I, I, I just yeah. knew. I didn't know how I knew. I just knew that that was what was happening. Kind of like the story that your ego mind keeps telling you is the first thing that comes up, but then, yeah, you know, yeah. something else, right? <laughs> like, but then the next real thing comes up is like, no, actually, this is what it is. You're here to to, to follow a new path. Yeah, and I, I remember after that, I was following my intuition through the forest, like whatever way. And it was almost like, like it was like, should I go left or right? And down right, I could almost, I, sometimes I could almost see these little sparkles of light, like go this way, go this way. Okay. And I, I remember getting to this specific fork in, in the forest and it, I felt to go down one direction. And at that point, as I went down there, I believe I had contact. But at that point, like my frequency went very, very high. I had this specific feeling that is the most amazing feeling I've ever experienced on earth and it's only happened one other time and that was when i had contact in 2018 which i'll get to in a minute because i remember more of that but basically it was the same experience but in the 2009 experience on the third day of my 33rd birthday which i actually found out was exactly three months three weeks and three days before december the 21st 2012 the famous day the, yeah the mayan calendar end yeah, yeah. My calendar end so there's a lot and, and bashar always says like is they're, they're connected to threes and of course, I've now taken on the name Trinity as like kind of my spiritual yeah. name. So, so this is my thing. And so with all this synchronicity, the, something happened. I went, it's like, I believe I had contact with ETs at that moment, but I remember nothing. It's quite common in um, in ufology to, to have experiences so, with ETs that you don't remember. Right. Sort of maybe kind of like a time loss almost. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or a, missing, yeah, like exactly. a blank space sort of in your memory. Yeah, missing time. Like traditionally in like um, abduction mm-hmm. stories, that you know, like someone will be driving down the road, and the next thing they know, they're parked on the side of the road, and they look at the clock, and four hours has gone. And they're like, right, and they don't know what happened. In the morning, and, mm-hmm. they're, and they're like, last thing they knew, it was like eleven p.m. Now it's three a.m. and they're parked on the side of the road, and they're like, okay, let's not tell anyone about this. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's gonna think I'm nuts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they don't tell anyone except for, you know, the few that are brave enough to come forward. And so and so I believe I had a contact experience then, but I don't remember anything. But like um I I I remember after that I um I started getting paranoid, you know, possibly because I'd smoked the weed. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like some fear thoughts came in because I cause I started hearing military craft flying over the woods quite high up. And actually now looking back, they probably were there. 
because I had had a contact experience, quite likely, because if I tell you about the next experience, they were definitely there because of me when I definitely had contact. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But so I started getting paranoid that they, they were there for me and stuff from movies started coming up. You know, maybe they're going to catch me and take me to a yeah, secret facility and inject right. me and test on me and like, you know, some weird yeah, the really, the, yeah, the nightmare scenarios start running through yeah. your head. Literally, literally like movie programming. I, I realized that all these movies, we, 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 we they, kind of program us subconsciously without remembering mm-hmm. so it's like fears from move from the media from movies you know that you know oh. it's kind of that coming up and it's, like, yeah so. not any different than how people feel about sharks because of jaws right you know yeah ex- exactly yeah yeah and um and so, so I, I remember... no go ahead i was just trying to help you find your spot again <laughs> i know i just we are at an hour i just want to make sure that your time is still good for you know being able to yeah you know we can keep going i feel like okay. i just started i can't believe we've been going an hour time seems to go faster when i talk about this stuff <laughs> yeah time isn't real anyway right so it's you know yeah. it's I one really, of those i really things. can't believe it's been an hour i thought i've been talking about 20 minutes so <laughs> <laughs> that's all right no i just again i wanted to be mindful of your time yeah i, I i'm fine um so so yeah, basically I freaked out, and I, I remember I was hiding under this tree stump. There, there was like there was this this tree. Um, it was an interesting part of the story, actually. So so, so I, I ended up hiding like like coming like I was freaked out. I was They're coming really to get me. I have to. The tree kind of can get me in these helicopters or whatever. I got. I think it was like you know excess paranoia due to smoking the weed. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, but like I so, so I was hid under this tree stump. And like it was where a tree had fallen over, you know, if like a huge tree like falls over and you can see the like the roots like on the end. They're, like, oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like hidden under the hair in the mud, almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> covering himself in the mud. I was, like... Yeah, I got to <laughs> camouflage myself here a little bit. I got to match the yeah, tree. Yeah. 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 So I was partly paranoid. Part, yeah, I, I think I was kind of paranoid. It's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, hey, home. <laughs> it, so, it, it happens. It's OK. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so um. So, 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 I, so I'm in the forest and like, and, th- and then I suddenly remembered this story because I was doing a gardening course because my old profession was a professional gardener. I was doing a gardening course at college. And I, I remember, um, I suddenly remember the instructor telling this story in chainsaw safety class about, about how, um, how when um, someone was cutting, so, so two people were like, such a, this horrible story two people were sawing up a tree and one person was stood in this area where I was below the roots and the other person chopped the tree in half and the tree stood up because it didn't have the weight on it and like killed the guy oh. stood underneath the roots so it's a whole Jeez. story about sharing that story but but that came to my mind and I was like shit I need to, and, I have to and get I mean, out of here I might get crushed yeah yeah that, that I got this paranoia thing you know like and for many reasons like yeah <laughs> I was kind of paranoid and like um and like so yeah I was like yeah I need to get out. but as soon as I had that thought something really strange happened because until that point I was still kind of in heaven like this kind of bliss state where everything was more colorful everything looked mm-hmm. more vivid it's like literally like like in this state um everything goes into HD sort of yeah 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 I like that term I've used that term myself I um I, I've heard someone else use that term in ufology, and I, I, but it wasn't so much what I felt at the time because HD didn't exist back in right. You didn't have the terminology so, for it. Yeah, I didn't have that terminology, but um, but I, I remember it like became more vivid, more colourful, more bright. I felt kind of connected to everything. There was all these animals around me while I was lying there. I was surrounded by animals. I could oh. also kind of hear footsteps, like the ETs were walking around in their ship, like overlaid in another dimension or something. I'm not sure. Oh, interesting. 
but but I remember as soon as I had that fear-based thought, it was like this frost came over like this. It was like before everything was like colourful and bright and vivid. But as soon as I shifted into the fear, all this like heaven suddenly kind of turned. It reminds me of the scene from Avatar, the movie. Can you can you remember when they, they've burnt down the tree and and everything's like grey all of a sudden and there's all the ash. Like there's sort of like if a different filter in your vision, like it becomes yeah, yeah. less colorful and and uh, yeah, there's it's it's like a grey filter almost over over the scene. Yeah, it, it, interestingly, the Avatar movie came out like basically, I think, exactly three months after this experience. All those threes. Yeah, it was December the eighteenth, two thousand and nine. I re recently realised. So, 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 so another three. And I, I thought this was a movie about me when Avatar came out because I, I was because after this, I had this experience where I'd be like, like kind of, I'd go to the forest and I'd smoke a bit of weed. And it put me back into this bliss state, into this mm -hmm. heavenly state, where everything more bright and more colourful. And that's what it's like in the Avatar movie, isn't it? You know, when he's in his wheelchair, he, he's like all depressed and then he puts the Avatar body on and all of a sudden he's in heaven. Everything's more bright. Everything's more colorful. He's mm. like playing in the forest. But then there's also this scene in Avatar, the movie, which I felt was a movie about me. It was so strange. And like, I understand now it, it kind of was, you know, it sounds egotistical, but when you understand that this is, reality is an illusion and we're, we're creating our own dream reality around us right that you you create the things you connect to the things that speak to you in that way that sort of show you you know this is something that is part of your story too you know yeah 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 and so there's this scene in the avatar movie where, where all of a sudden he he, he you know, remember that they they they, they burn they, they bomb the tree, the sacred tree, and all of a sudden everything goes. There's ash falling everywhere, and all of a sudden it goes from this beautiful, bright, vivid, colourful lights and blue to this very grey scene. You know, where he's wandering or lost, and he feels like you know everyone's abandoned him because they think mm -hmm. it's his fault that the tree got burnt down, and he is and it, and it's very similar to that because because as soon as this fear came in. It was like this frost came over and it reminds me of a movie, something like I've never found the movie, but I, I've always said I'm going to rewatch The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe because that movie oh, that, that sure. sort of era of those kind of movies comes to mind and um, which I'm sure are based on like spiritual truths. And it basically all, all went from this vivid, bright colour to to this frost coming over and everything It literally came from a distance when it kind of like the fog right in it yeah. the, in john carpenter's the fog it just sort of like shifts in and all of a sudden your filter is different yeah 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 and all of a sudden like as the fear came in everything went all gray and scary and like i ended up um running out the forest i, I literally it's another thing i remember actually um i so, so i was i was like running through the forest <laughs> And and like after having all these experiences, like with the traffic lights and that, I had another similar experience because because like I, I was still seriously nervous that like the military were coming to get me. I was kind right. of who knows, maybe there were like, but the, I, I well, and not. if there was some kind of craft in the area, you know, anything in the airspace, they're going to check out. So you you know, yeah, you, exactly. But um, in in that state, you kind of you do get that paranoia. It's about me, and and I'm in trouble yeah, now. Exactly. And... I think it was more paranoia, but there was definitely some truth to it, as you'll see as I tell the next part of the story. Nine years later um and i so i ran and and i, and I was in thick forest yeah and like like and i was like escaping i felt like i was escaping i just wanted to get back to the path back to my car and get out of there mm -hmm. and, like, get and, home and like, get back to safe space right 
Yeah, I, I remember asking myself, like in my mind, like I was in this higher state of consciousness where I was connected to my soul. I felt like I'd become my soul on earth. And I said to myself, what would the Mysticon people do? And and I felt like the Mysticon people, I think that's a name from Star Trek or something, or something mm-hmm. like this, but I, I looked it up. So, but, but I felt like these Mysticon people were non-physical beings that lived on earth many thousands of years ago. And I was like, what would the Mysticon people do? Because I was my soul and I had access to like all information of all lives and that. So I knew all about Earth's history. So I was tapping into um, something to do with some non-physical beings that lived on earth many thousands of years ago. And I was like, what would the Mysticon people do? And they said, just believe that the forest will open up in front of you and it will. So I literally just ran full pelt through the forest. I even lost one of my shoes. One of my shoes came up and I picked oh, no. it up and carried it the rest out. Oh, and I had thorns in my foot. I was pulling thorns out of my foot for the next oh, week. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but like, I, I, literally, I literally, I was like, okay, believe the forest is going to open up in front of you and it will. And it did. I just literally ran full pelt through the forest. You know, normally you just run straight into a tree. And right. like, it did. It was like the forest opened up and I just ran straight through the forest with full full speed. It's impossible to run through a forest full speed. You, you know, a dense forest, even like, um, you know, a semi-dense forest, you want to dodge the trees. But I didn't. I ran dead straight like that. Right. Full speed, dead straight through the forest and trusted that the trees would open up for me. And I did. I ran straight through the forest without hitting a single tree. That's a, again, it's but, you know, that <laughs> creating your reality, right? Like, OK, if you believe that you can do it, you can do it and you will. You know, exactly, so exactly. It, it's sort of your your logical, you know, ego mind has to to create that whatever explanation is is most comfortable for it. Right. But really, it's like, no, you can absolutely do anything. You can do that. Of course, you can run through yeah, the yeah. forest, you know, but but your logical mind, if it's in the way, you know, that's when you that's when you will hit a tree. Yeah. And um yeah, and I, I believed it 100%. I knew it. I knew it to be true because I was in my soul. I didn't have my mental filter. I think partly because mm-hmm. I had this contact experience, I didn't remember it. It amped up my frequency to the level of the ETs. I was in a much higher frequency. I literally felt that's how I described it at the time. I was my soul on earth. I was no longer my mind, ego, thought-based construct. I was, mm-hmm. my, I was my soul of pure consciousness, access to infinite intelligence. I, I was a soul consciousness, which is very different to a human consciousness. We, we don't have any of the beliefs of a human experience, like from down here, any limiting beliefs at all. Right. You know, obviously, because c- a human doesn't believe that the forest will open up if you run through right. it. Right. Well, it isn't that kind of the goal of, <laughs> you know, where we human consciousness sort of evolution and upgrade is to get into that space where you release the limiting beliefs and you allow yourself to create your highest reality and to experience your highest reality in in this you know the holographic light show that we think is so physical and so rigid and so you know solid so and and that's part of the thing that really fascinates me though especially about your story is that it you know this journey you're on sort of like you've it's helped you to get into that space where reality can be different and can be what you want it to be and can be something where like, well, of course there's extraterrestrials and of course you can talk to them and of course they want to be helpful and friendly with us, you know, and it's a very different, it's definitely a very different um, consciousness than the human consciousness that we have known. Certainly from movies and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very, very different. (laughs) And so, so I'll just quickly share what happened in 2018, and then you can maybe ask some questions if you have any. Yeah. So, um, 
So basically the same experience happened in 2018. I felt it was going to happen again. I felt the experience was going to happen again. I felt it was going to happen because it was exactly nine years later, which is three, three plus three plus three, because which is my I number. love all the threes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's kind so, of funny. Three, three, the, the threes, uh, the repeating threes and repeating twos are something for me. So it's kind of a funny awesome. little synchronicity for me that that's something for you. Yeah, thank you. And it definitely feels like synchronicity that we connected today because, like, you know, I, I definitely found excitement to uh, come, come on your podcast. So, I uh, love it. And you're the first <laughs> channel or pod that I've had for the podcast. So I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, thank I you. I love it. There might, who knows what part of the journey we're on that it might reveal itself now, right? I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so, yeah, sorry, yeah. 2018. Yeah, so 2018, I, I knew something was going to happen. I, I'd even made, um, so I've got some YouTube on my channel like a month or so before saying I expected something was going to happen. Um, I expected it was going to happen on the solstice, which was because it was the solstice it happened on before, tw tw three days after my uh, 33rd birthday on the 18th. The solstice was the 21st that year, so it was on the solstice day. Uh, no, not the solstice, equinox, sorry, the September mm -hmm. equinox um and and so so i felt something was gonna i suspected it was gonna happen again on the 23rd of september 2018 i think it was the equinox day that year um because the, the equinox fluctuates a couple of days and so so it didn't it happened on september the 11th um i was supposed to be working i was still working in my gardening business then i decided i was going to cancel the job um on 9-11 of course I was into 9-11 conspiracies originally right. so it's, it feels like there's you know something going on there it was a significant day for me so it was 9-11 September the 11th exactly a week before my birthday um I went to the forest again I had a little bit of weed again after quite a break as well because because cannabis is much more, more powerful if you only use it very occasionally right right like you use it all the time it doesn't really have any spiritual benefit but if you mm -hmm. use it very occasionally it can like give you an opening and clarity to look at everything you've experienced without it um so it's a very powerful spiritual tool if you use it just a, a little and very rarely right and um so this was the case that day I managed to manifest some very high quality uh, marijuana, which is extremely rare in the UK, synchronistically. Mm -hmm. I believe it was called Sage for those of you that know about this. And <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, so it's rare to get that quality stuff in the UK. But but like I was in the forest and like so I sat down, I was at this campsite, play, uh, like a bushcraft place where the, I, I, I found I discovered this little hidden away bushcraft site where they teach kids, kids bushcraft. Right. Sure. And, so I, so I sat there and I smoked a little bit of this weed and I felt these energies coming on again. These exact same energies I remembered from my experience in 2009. I just recalled where everything becomes like, as you see, HD. You're right. More vivid. This is very, it feels like kind of ecstasy. It's the most amazing feeling. Like after that first experience, I literally spent like the next eight years trying to trying to get back to that Like state. recreate it, yeah. yeah never, never succeeded. And I, I realized that's kind of a spiritual trap to try and recreate experiences. But that's another story. And um, so, so, but it started to happen again in 2018, nine years later, September the 11th, about 10 o'clock, Monday morning, I believe it was. I think it was Monday morning, it might have been Tuesday morning, so I, it was Monday, I think it was Monday the first, definitely Monday the first time. But like, and, and so, so, 
And the next thing I know, okay, like I can feel like my consciousness really expanding. So I now understand the ETs were coming in and they were getting close, even 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 though I couldn't see them. I was merging with their aura, their energy field, and that's why I was merging into bliss and ecstasy and kind of like this multidimensional consciousness where you know you're connected to infinity and you know anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, was, I I had the ability to download Kung Fu. And I was literally like doing Kung Fu moves. Yeah, like very the Matrix, parts. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very Neo in the Matrix. But that's exactly what I was doing. And, and I've since talked about this and actually made videos of me doing like Kung Fu. Even though I had no martial arts training. It looks ridiculous. It looks hilarious. <laughs> but like, I know all the moves. I know like, I can still tap into it now since I experience. I can download martial arts and do all these moves, even though they're not very good because I'm not actually trained in martial arts. Right, I not do- practice. Yeah, yeah. I um, I know how to do them all. And because I didn't know if it's a past life or just tapping into the Akashic record or what, but like, but I actually started to do it in the forest, you know, kind of embarrassing, you know, I'm in, I'm in the forest on my own smoking weed, you know, you know, who, who but you know, again, your highest joy and that's, you know, yeah, yeah. follow it if it feels right. But it, it felt like there was this energy in me and it felt like I, I just, I was just playing. I, I felt like I, I know now, looking back now, I can see I was in a higher dimension or state and it's like, it feels like you're, um, a pure a being a pure energy you don't feel like a, a biological organism anymore in this state mm-hmm. it's like you become a being of pure energy directly tapped into source consciousness and like like you know you you just don't feel biological you don't feel like you need food you don't feel like you need to breathe you just feel like obviously i did still need to breathe right <laughs> obviously but but it's lucky like us our body does that for us right we don't have to think about yeah, it yeah yeah but like I, I, I just—it's like I become a multi-dimensional like soul being, and it's like kind of like you become your soul, like on Earth. That's how I experienced it the first time. And um, so, so I'm playing around doing these kung fu moves, like thinking, "Whoa, I'm fucking <laughs> the Matrix." Yeah. I, need, I, I remember I had the, and after that, I started to see multi-dimensionally. I remember I was actually looking in a bush, and I could actually see different timelines or multidimensionally in front of me and I believe this is somehow what how the ETs experience reality and this is why I was seeing like that okay I could I could see like it was imagine you've got like 10 tv screens in front of you or it was more like eight six or eight eight like tv screens in front of you and each one of them is a possible reality that you could end up on in the rest of your day, depending on the decisions you make, depending on if you decide to go to work, decide to stay in the forest, decide to take the right path instead of the left path. Mm-hmm. I could see all different realities that I, I would end up in that day, depending on the decisions that I made that day and where I would focus my consciousness. And so I remember at this point, I was like, um, I need to... Um, email david wilcock i didn't have you heard of david Wilcock? yes i do know who <laughs> yep i know his stuff too this the synchronicity key and uh yeah yep i'm familiar with his work because he's a big researcher of this information and i never ended up emailing him because you know he he he's he must get hun- he's so big he must get like hundreds of credits oh i've absolutely emails. emailed every, like graham day. hancock and, and and other people like that like you know i'm sure they do and and who knows you know Follow the feeling if it hits you because yeah, you never maybe know. Maybe I should have emailed back. him. Something might have told told him to follow up on it. Who knows? But when I came mm-hmm. back to it, I was like, you know, David Wilcox just gonna he must get hundreds of emails like this yeah. every day. So, so I didn't bother. But that was the thought I had at the time. And anyway, the ne- next thing I know, so, so so one minute, right? I had this missing time thing again, yeah. So so, but now I'm conscious of it. I know it's happened because I, they dropped me off in a different part of the forest. So, oh, so interesting. One minute, 
Yeah. So, so, so one minute, I, I'm, I'm looking into this bush. I can see multidimensionally. I can see parallel realities, different realities, depending on what decisions I take. And I guess, depending on what, you know, the focus of my consciousness. Um, and then the next thing, I'm, and it's kind of, kind of dark. And I'm looking into this dark bush, like I'm looking away from the sun, like the sun's behind me. And it's kind of dark. And the next thing I know, I'm stood up in a full prone position, you know, kind of like this, you know, mm -hmm. like that. that Arms out straight, dead straight up like this. Arms out like kind of prone. Is that is that the word? Like just um, like arms out straight, legs out straight. It's kind of like I've been reinserted in reality. <laughs> like um, you and the avatar just dropped back right into the yeah. video game, sort of. Yeah, which was um, kind of what I think happened. And the lighting's all changed. Instead of it being all dark, like the sun's shining in my face. Um, I see. I seem to be. I feel like I've just turned round. That was the feeling I had at the time. Like I just turned round and I'm facing the other way, and I felt like I was in a slightly different position. I'm now fairly certain I was in a quite a different location because where I came out on the path, it was the opposite side of the path I popped out onto where I was originally. So I now believe that did drop me off. You know, perhaps like quarter of a mile away in a different part of the forest. Right. Where I came up on the path later. Um, so I stood here in this prone position. My frequency has gone much, much higher, even though I was in kind of ecstasy and bliss and like this 4D uh, HD reality before. I, I actually made a video about this the other day. I said, um, you've heard of 4, 4D, 5D. Well, this is how you shift to HD. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> and, and and so um, so I'm stood in this position like this. And there's all fighter jets flying around my head, like really low down, like deafening, like right above my head. I can't see them because there's cloud cover and also very mm -hmm. thick forest canopy, tree canopy, but mainly because of the cloud covers. I can't see them. I can sure as heck hear them because they are they are swarming around my location. There's at least I believe there were two fighter jets and one other plane that sounded different more like a radar plane or something. Yeah. And they were all circling on my location. I could tell like from the sound that they were like going up up on this and it, it was too difficult for them to circle you know right you know because a, a fighter jet can't go in small circles like this can right it? yeah it has to be wide circles so i could tell that they were kind of going up and banking and coming down at an angle yeah. like this from the sound they're making to, to to stay on my location and they were like circling around me and so i stood here like this and like, i know something happened i know something profound has happened like my frequency has gone through the roof I feel connected to everything. I'm in a state of oneness where I'm directly connected to everything, directly connected to the trees, directly connected to the fighter jets. They're like they're like in my aura and they're part You're of right. me. That's what I felt. And my frequency is like uh, an octave higher, even though it was the, kind of the highest I'd ever been before. I remember like before that. And I'm kind of like a kind of buzzing. That's where right. I experience it. And so, 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 so I know these fighter jets are there because of me. Something, I just know like something's happened, like very profound. I know these fighter jets are there because of me. I don't know what's happened. But then after a few seconds, it da starts to dawn on me because uh, it's like my mind's completely blank at first. Right. Just in this situation out of nowhere, um, like an instant before, you know, I was I was just having this like experience in, in, in the bush. There was no fighter jets anywhere. Right. Dead silent, you know, perfectly peaceful Tuesday morning or whatever day it was, Monday, Tuesday morning in the forest. Um. You know, and then an instant later, you know, I'm still in this prone position. My frequency has gone through the roof. The lighting's different. I seem to be facing in another direction. I know I'm fairly certain I was a different part of the forest. And there's all these fighter jets flying around my head. And I'm like, well, something major's happened there here because of me. 
and then after a few seconds, it kind of started to dawn on me. You know, my memory started to kick back in. I'm like, oh, I probably had a contact experience. Yep. I'm sure this is what's happened. It just makes sense why I'm in this strange position. I don't know what's happened. And like, and the spider jets all around me. So I start to realize that I probably had a contact experience. At that point, I start to get a bit nervous again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the paranoia comes up again. Yeah, but this time with more valid reason, you know, there's like... uh, (laughs) Because there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of chaos. Yeah, and I'm in the forest on my own, you know, uh, in the morning, and there's all these fighter jets, and so, so now I start to get nervous, and I feel I've got more valid reason this time because they're, they're clearly there because of me, and that, so, so, so these kind of fear thoughts come back again, you know, maybe they are going to come get me, like, same kind of thoughts again, but right. with more, more valid reason perhaps this time, and so, so what the thought comes to me, right, the safest thing, the best thing you can do right now is to start singing pop songs at the top of your voice. <laughs> sure. Why not? That seems like a safety measure. So who who could make this stuff up? I don't know. Um, a very creative mind. But like, so, so so my thinking was that, right, like I needed to control the situation vibrationally. Somehow I knew that in this very high frequency state, I was creating my reality at a higher rate because, because the law of attraction works more faster the more right. high frequency we are, yeah? Sure. So because I'm in this very high frequency state on the level of the conscious DETs, I knew that I was creating my reality in the moment. And I knew I had to stay high frequency, otherwise perhaps something weird could happen. Right, you, know, you create something if you let yeah, the yeah. fear vibrations yeah. come in right now. Exactly, exactly. So, so I knew from this very high vibration of state, instinctively, intuitively, that I had to keep my vibration high so I didn't, so, so that I created a positive outcome from this situation for me. And so, so, so I knew I had to dominate the situation with my energy. I could not let the fighter jets instill fear right. in me. I had to take control of the situation. I had to project my aura out and dominate the, the, the field dominate the field with unconditional love with pure energy of unconditional love so that so that their fear-based energy because they were probably freaking out you know they're chasing the Europe. oh for sure <laughs> yeah and you know the just the scenario the situation itself yeah. again in, in in the human consciousness is generally lends itself to something fearful something dangerous again you know from pop culture to what we hear about in the news that's where your mind goes so yeah, definitely yeah. that situation of, okay, if I don't want to create those things that I know are the sort of typical automatic fearful things, I have to project out something that is more positive in order to keep this situation a more positive situation for me. Yeah, yeah. And and also, like, because I was in that higher consciousness, because I, I was kind of transcending the fear, you come to a place of very strong courage and very strong fearlessness. And I was kind of like, F you. Like, <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. You know, you get out of my reality. This was kind of right. my energy at the minute. You, you know, like, 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 I've done nothing wrong. Like, I've had contact with ETs, you know, you know, go away. Like, get out of here. Like, F off. Like, right. you, you, know, you know, I've done nothing wrong. You, you can get screwed. That was kind of my energy. You can fuck off with your fucking fighter jet. Yeah. No, you're but fine. That, <laughs> but that was the energy I was in at the minute. I was like, get out of here. Like, like, just just like i'm not scared you can you can go screw yourselves like yeah to, like what are you doing here like this has nothing to do with you and like um mind your you own know, business i'm having my own little thing here yeah 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 yeah, this, yeah. This is we're, we're here to help us and like so so from this vibrational state i i knew that i need that i realized the best way i could dominate 
the, the field dominate this you know square mile that I felt my aura was projected into that was encompassing the, the jets and the trees and everything the best way to like dominate that field that, that that that's around me with unconditional love was to sing very high vibration or fairly high vibration pop songs at the top of my voice and I actually started I believe the first one I sung was um Jason Donovan I am the one and only if anyone knows that song. I was gonna say I'm sorry I'm from America so I'm not probably familiar with the same kind of pop music that you have in, in the UK but I you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly some of it probably to do with the the emotions that you have though with the music yeah, itself exactly. you know that like it's something that is a trigger for you to to a, a higher vibration or to something yeah, more joyful or or gives you in, a sense of power yeah exactly step into my own power and step out of fairness and like mm-hmm. And I also, I was also. And you know what? That's really kind of a beautiful thing, though. If you're having a hard time or if you're in a really fearful space, you know, do you have a trigger like that that maybe seems childish, right? To to just start singing a pop song or what have you. But like in terms of law of attraction and and vibration and how you create your reality, it's like, you know, as much as we've been conditioned as adults to believe that that's something silly. Well, it does actually work because you're creating the vibration of what you actually want to experience. And so your reality has to mirror that back to you, you know, so it it, it is actually like a really, um, you know, it was, it was the right thing to do, obviously, right? Yeah, like yeah. as much as it might seem a bit silly to like start singing pop songs. Well, that was <laughs> how you got the vibration that you wanted to be put out to be reflected back to you. Yeah, and I was kind of like, "F you, I can do what I want." You know, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, um, right? That that was like, I've done nothing wrong. Like, like, um, that was really it. Kind of f you, like I can do what I want. What are you going to do about it? I don't care. Like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is your issue. <laughs> this, I'm just chilling <laughs> you, in the you, forest. Yeah, you 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 decide how to deal with this. Yeah, go home and do your paperwork. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And like, and like, I was also aware that there were probably dog walkers not too far away. Like Monday, Tuesday, I think it was probably a Monday morning, like walking their dogs. Yeah, sure. I, I wanted to draw attention to myself because because um, I wanted to make, I felt safer if I were to draw attention to myself right, and make sure. the dog walkers aware that something very, very crazy was going on and to, to kind of draw attention to myself, like basically, because I felt I was safer if I would draw Safety attention in numbers, to kind of. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so I didn't care less about like sounding stupid, which, you know, you would do in a normal state of consciousness. Right. But like, so I wanted to draw the attention of of the dog walkers. I saw one of them afterwards. He looked, he, he, I tell, he, I'll tell you in a minute. But um, and, and so, so, yeah, so I did this and like I spent about the next... I don't know, it felt felt like almost an hour, like um, walking around the forest. I couldn't find my way out, even though the path was not far away. It was like I wasn't mentally the forest yet. I was just kind of walking around. At some point, I sat down on this log and, um, you know, I, I connected in telepathically with the Yael, who, who I um, had contact with at the time. So I remember, started to remember it afterwards. And I connected in with the Yael and... Um, I, I sensed into their consciousness and we had this telepathic connection and they're kind of like, dude, you're a crazy human. <laughs> like, yeah, not, like... not, not, not about the situation, but just about kind of like how, how my ego was involved in portraying them, sure. and, traveling them and, and stuff like, like, you know, it was kind of like, we love you unconditionally, but you know, you, you need to find, you know, a bit more sacredness 
in your heart kind of like um you, you know you, you're a bit strange human like we are, <laughs> you have a lot know. of these yeah it's kind of like unpeeling an onion right it's like okay you have all these layers on top of what really is on top of your true self and you got to kind of let go of some of those things because it it does filter the messages that they're trying to get to you and and, and it's like you know i'm sure to them a lot of the things that we're fearful of seem very silly yeah, and it, and it was kind of like the energy of you know we're 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 you know that you know we're nothing like the way you portrayed us you know like like sure. you, know, you know like and, and like kind of annoyed with me you know because like you know it's like you you've been saying all these videos about us and channeling us and like the channeling hasn't always been one hundred percent accurate and you're talking about us like it's some game or some joke and like you know it ain't a joke and it ain't a game and we're a whole civilization and you're a representative of us to to the planet earth and we're not totally happy with how you've been portraying us oh that's interesting <laughs> okay so maybe um i don't know sort of, sort of them saying hey you know respect that we have our own perspective on this and it's not necessarily through the filter of your human ego the things that you've been taught so yeah yeah, yeah. it's not really at all yes yeah, so it's kind of that and and so, so, so I, I made the way outside. I, I, after about an hour, I left the forest. And I remember I was walking down the path, and there was there was there was a, there was a man and a woman walking a dog. These people I was trying to get, and, it, and this guy was stood in the forest, actually in the very same position that I was in. He was like kind of meditating in an upright position in the forest. I think he'd been kind of freaked out. He'd obviously experienced. Well, it, maybe uh, felt the energy, and, sure, of, of what yeah, was going on. Yeah, felt the energy. Yeah, I think he felt the energy as much as anything. And mm -hmm. he probably heard the jets, heard me singing, and like known something was going on and felt energy. And he he was like stood off. His wife was there holding the dog, and he was stood in the forest, obviously quite disheveled, like disoriented and like unnerved, like kind of right. meditating. Finding, like trying to find the center again yeah yeah trying to sort yeah. his head out <laughs> and anyway so I left quite rapidly and like sped out the car park at way beyond the 10 mile an hour speed limit because I was nervous again you know it's like yeah. 10 mile an hour speed limit and we're speeding out the car park about 30 miles an hour there was a group of about 20 old women there on their women's outing to the forest coffee morning or whatever it was yeah <laughs> Like, which I wouldn't normally do, but I was, I was, I just wanted to get out of there. I was nervous. I felt, I felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. I really felt like there was a threat to my life, possibly from the military. So I, so I drove straight into the city. I felt the city was about 11 miles away. I drove straight down the main road into the city, 11 miles away, fast as I could. Pulled up at a gas station right in the middle of the city because I felt I was safe there. You right. Know, I felt once I get to the city, you know, I'm going to be safe. I'm at the gas station. If the military turn up, I'm going to start screaming. I was kind of in this energy. And I pulled up a, um, a gas station and Facebook lied straight away. Flipped on my phone and went Facebook live and explained what had happened. And that Facebook live is still on my phone. It was, like I say, September the 11th, 2018. If you search mm -hmm. for Facebook lives from my uh, 20, 2011, I was highly emotional. <laughs> you can yeah, very, yeah. Like screaming phones, say, saying like f you military f you reptilians and all stuff like this like kind of a lot, yeah. lot of fears coming up about stuff and like so this is all watchable it's still on my facebook lives from that date can follow the journey right from from where you are from where you were to where you are right yeah and and then so fast forwarding a little bit to september the 23rd 
the equinox day 2018 when I initially felt the experience was going to happen I got the intuition something was going to happen that day the equinox day but it didn't happen like um, 12 days early on the 11th on the, on the 23rd I actually went out on the roads back here like back in Lincolnshire and back back in Lincolnshire and went along the lane along there and um, did a Facebook live again and start, I was going to do a channeling while walking along the road which is very unusual but I, I suddenly got this feeling that maybe the ETs are going to show up on the video mm-hmm. um, and I said that on the video and so, so I'm walking along and um, at some point I, I, I see I think I, I'm not sure the exact sequence of events but this this live stream is still available September the 23rd 2018 uh, the Yael show up on the ship right at the start of the video there's two lights flying in parallel um, I'll maybe share the link with you so you can drop yeah the I can put that in the, the yeah so, so, so people can see it so, so there's two lights flying in parallel over the house now, which I'm, you know, 99.99% sure with the uh, yell. I only saw one at the vi- at the start and I was like, I looked at it and I was like, whoa, that's interesting. And I was like, oh, probably just the satellites, you know, just uh, right. you know, it's very bright. But on rewatching the replay of the live stream later, I noticed there's another one higher up. So there's two lights moving the exact timing, exact parallel timing. Right over the sky which would be very rare for satellites i've never seen satellites moving in parallel across the sky like that and then later in the video i see a flash out the corner of my eye this is all on the live stream you you can all, all watch this um Hayley's gonna share the link to yeah um so check out the link below somewhere and um and i see a flash out the corner of my eye i think at this point all these owls start going loads of owls okay there's a big thing in ufology about owl synchronicity with UFO sightings. A lot of UFO oh, experiences. Yeah, a lot of UFO experiences taught about synchronicity with owls. There's actually a guy who's written two books on this, on the topics of owls and UFOs. So um, I'll maybe try and remember to share the link with you for that. So yeah, for sure. Knowledge. So I see the. I, I think this is the time. And I see this flash out of the corner of my eye. I was like, I, "Did you guys?" I, I was like on the video. I, did you? It's just as I finished telling the story. I ju- I've been telling the story that I've just relayed to you. No, 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 it wasn't. I was telling the story about being on the ship. So it must have. So I must have recalled it before this experience. I'll tell you in a minute. But I, I basically told the story of what happened on the ship, which I recalled in meditation. Uh, which must have been between them um, 11 days, so about a week later, um, I remembered what happened on the ship. And so, so, but basically, like after that flash, um, like I see the flash again up in the sky, I point the camera at it, and they flash us about five times on the camera, and you can all, all be seen in the live stream. Mm-hmm. You need to see it properly, you need to get it on a big screen in a darkened room, but you can very clearly see it when you get it on a good screen. So, and I'm like, what the yellow is? And so they actually showed up, you know, on this equinox date that I thought mm-hmm. was going to happen. It's all in the, it's all in the. So September is kind of, um, you know, your birthday month seems a bit significant for you with experiences, right? Yeah, definitely. And I, I talked about this a lot. I, it's it's not the only time it seems to, I think it's the energy is very, very good for contact around the equinox time as well which sure. three or four days after my birthday normally this balancing of energies um i think it's just a very good time of year for contact if you look at uh, i know it's a lot of ufo videos they often see the date september 15th something like this on them it's oh that's interesting with the yeah. timing so and i know that you've mentioned on some of your um uh, uh, some of your other videos the idea of sort of like anticipating more open contact with the yael like this september and i have i have a lot of my own sort of like 
you know, my brain gets a little bit wild thinking like, okay, is, is there a psychicness to like when you're sensing like, oh, I sense that they were going to come or I sense that this was going to happen. You know, I, I always start asking myself now or lately, like, okay, am I sensing something that's going to happen or am I creating that something is going to happen because we create our own reality? Like, where is the line when it comes to like, what is psychicness that I'm, what's premonition and what is, I've just created it, you know? And so like that sort of becomes a little convoluted, convoluted in my mind sometimes. But I mean, that is interesting. The, that, that timing situation and and like okay well why is that what what is the mechanics of why that works that way sort of yeah but but Bashar always says it's not this or that it's this and that right yeah that's true <laughs> it's the you know it's all true right all truths yeah. are true yeah it's it, it's both it's like the human mind tends to separate things out into black and right right and wrong this or that what why right. what but reality isn't really like that. It's it's kind of all things happening simultaneously and connected in the background. So, mm-hmm. so I did want to, I mean, I don't want to interrupt if you've got more to tell. And again, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, but I did want to ask, so the Yael and, and like Bashar, I believe, says he's of the Essasani, if I say that right. Is Do, do you know, I guess in my mind, I understood them to be very much sort of similar uh in the sense of being like future humans you know hybrid race between humans and grays i don't but i guess i'm a little bit confused as to that there's they're separate civilizations or consciousness groups i you know so that's kind of one of the things that i i don't know if you i don't know if you know the answer to that or not like what's what's the difference between them Yes. So, so from what I understand, and this information mainly comes from Bashar, I'm sure the Yellow kind of shared similar things to me. And um, I, w- I will share my experience on the ship um, in a yeah. minute. Cause that's part of the other story um, that some of your viewers are waiting for that what actually happened on the ship. I remember the meditation. I'll share that in a minute. But just to answer your question first. Um, so what I understand um and this comes mostly from Bashar, channeled through Dawalanka, is that the greys, the classic greys, you know, the cartoon greys, you know, right. Zina, that, that great comedy movie called Paul. Like, look oh, yeah, yeah. Like, as I understand, you know, with, with the big heads, the short bodies, the thin spindly arms, the thin spindly legs, you know, no no, no ear flaps, mm-hmm. uh, small noses, um, small mouths, big black eyes and very big craniums. These greys, you know, also famous from Whitley Stryber's book, um, Communion. Um, these extraterrestrials that come from the Zeta Reticuli star system, apparently it was Betty and Barney Hill, the first famous abductees. Right. Betty was shown this image of a star system that she that uh, years later, she, she when scientists discovered it fully, she realized it was a disease of a particular star system. I believe that's how the story goes. Mm-hmm. This is where these greys reside. But actually, they're, they're, this is where they're just kind of living, or they were living when they were doing the abductions. These are the beings famous for the abductions. Um, um, you know, where people have this missing time, they beam them up, they put them on a bed, they do loads of horrific, scary procedures. And... Um, so these are actually parallel reality Earth humans. They're actually versions of us from a parallel timeline that became very technologically advanced, very telepathically advanced, but kind of 
um, went away from emotion mm-hmm. and love and compassion and more got obsessed with technology and advancements and telepathy, but uh, began to they began to breed emotion. Sort of, uh, if you look at our Earth uh, as we are now, kind of like science versus spirituality and, and going yeah, off yeah. into one direction very hard and, and sort of pushing away the other, right? So yeah, pushing quite, away quite. the spiritual and focusing only on the, the sort of scientific yeah, kind of like the Elon Musk timeline, you know, no disrespect to Elon Musk, but, um, you know, he, he doesn't believe in spirituality. He believes mm-hmm. he's going to find the answers by flight. That I heard Elon Musk say the main reason he started SpaceX because he believes the answers to the nature of reality. He's looking for the answers to the universe, the answers to what life is. And he believes the way to do that is to... So uh, that's interesting, though, isn't it? Like, but because yeah, yeah. that is what it is, like very external looking for the answers yeah, externally, yeah. whereas yeah, yeah. the spiritual is to find them within. Um, so that's interesting. So this is one of the lessons they've been sharing with us. You know, don't you know, you've got to find the balance. You've got to find right. the heart. You've got to find your inner spirituality, your inner wisdom, your inner intuition. And and so, yes, so these are parallel reality Earth humans and, and they, they bred out emotion from their civilization. And they they in, and they kind of destroyed their planets as well, you know, like polluted, like we're destroying yeah. our planet at present. You know, this is where my our planet could go if we don't sort our stuff out. And so they ended up having to move underground. They destroyed the surface of their planet, and that's I believe that's why their eyes got so big and so black because they didn't have so much light underground. Oh, okay. They started to, they mutated to grow these big black eyes so they could survive underground, but they also mutated to the point where they could no longer reproduce. Due, right. due to some of these reasons and so that so through desperation to prolong their civilization they use their advanced technology to to teleport through to different parallel realities in search of viable genetic material to create a hybrid species with themselves to to prolong their civilization to extend you know to, to keep their civilization alive this was kind of the sole goal of their civilization they realized they couldn't reproduce and it became the only thing they were concerned with and they found us basically. They found they found kind of the opposite. These beings that are extremely emotional, right? Extremely unstable. <laughs> Very, um, yeah. And the, a lot of emotions comp- contained in one container, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so so and 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 the, so they start experimenting with us. This is what was happening in the abductions. Even though these great beings, they're not evil. They're not nasty beings. They're kind of like us, you know, tagging dolphins or something. Or right, you know, just they're just scientific very scientific, and it's yeah, very scientific. Yeah. They don't experience emotions, so they don't really understand why we freak out so much when we get right. abducted and getting like. Like all these probes and stuff. Because but that compassion element just isn't there. It's fully scientific. It's yeah, yeah. it's fully academic, intellectual, and and the the feeling sense, the compassion sense, isn't there. So it, it's not that they're malevolent in what they're doing. It's that they just don't understand emotions in the way that we do. Yeah, and from what I understand, it goes a, a little bit deeper because um, because. Uh, us humans, our, our consciousness is very much compartmentalized into a higher consciousness, a normal consciousness, and an unconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and from a higher perspective, the, the story goes that we actually agreed to these abductions, those right. of us abduction experiences, agreed from a soul level because they knew it would assist with the with the uh, spiritual expansion of our race mm-hmm. if we would go through this and create a hybrid species. And, and so, 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 th- so they don't understand our compartmentalized consciousness, where we have a higher self, a soul that knows we agreed to these experiences. A human, a human 
self that doesn't know what the heck's going on right and an unconscious that tends to go freaking psycho when it gets um you know being probed by grays yeah so, so they were very shocked because they because apparently their their consciousness isn't segmented in the way we are they're, 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 they're connected to their higher selves so they know on a soul level we agreed this so when they like you know abduct us and put us in a bed they can't understand why we're freaking out and trying to kill them and so, so they right. don't really understand us uh, at all and they've got no emotions so they don't really understand us from an intellectual point of view or an emotional point of view right and, and at the same time they, they need our eggs and they need our semen to create a hybrid species to prolong their race so they're kind of adopting us you know putting us on this table trying sedating us using their magic wands as it's sometimes called to to make us unconscious so we can't move and then they're extracting eggs and semen genetic material and of course this is horrific for anyone who goes through this experience and remembers it or remembers it right. in meditation or in you know hypnosis regression or whatever but they don't they're not evil that they're just carrying out their scientific experience they're kind of neutral and kind of carrying out this right they, they need our material that we've agreed upon from a higher level as i understand it and so, so they've been creating a hybrid species. They've they've created from this, you know, in kind of test tubes in big vials. Some people remember right. visions of seeing like high, very scary looking hybrid children in, in huge test tubes on the ships. And they, they cre they've created um, a lot of the initial experiments weren't successful, unfortunately, and kind of quite horrific. And you know, it's hard to say. But um, eventually, they were they were successful, and they they produced like five. Or, or so hybrid races different races of different oh so there's races. multiple so that's yeah, kind of, so you've got like the ssani the yael they're not, they're sort of from the same project i guess you could say but but they're just they're different yeah, races perhaps different phases like phase one like yael phase two sasani phase three playel okay um, and, and there's and there's two others as well and Playel, that's why I call him. I think Bashar's name was something similar to that. I've connected with mm -hmm. him a few times. Um, yes. So, 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 and so the so, so, and they're from the future, but they've cut. <laughs> so it's confused even more. Like the society of like these hybrid race that they have created like in the now, like over the past 20, 40 years. I don't think the abductions are going on so much anymore. Like this hybridization. Right. It's like, 20, like they've talked ago. about more um, sort of in a fifth dimensional space being able to to create from a you know the fifth dimensional space, and maybe that's partly because uh, humanity has sort of evolved a bit in their own consciousness you know shifted more into the the fourth density fifth dimensional uh you know space and so there's you know you don't need to have that sort of physical um experience necessarily in the same way yeah yeah quite 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 possibly yeah i've not, not heard that one exactly but it makes sense and um, and yeah and, and and so so there's something there's the beings known as the hybrid children which are kind of like the hybrids from in our timeline, you know, they're perhaps 20 or 40 from, from the experiences that have happened, you know, over the past, you know, 50 years or so. And um, <clears throat> and then there's also like, because time doesn't exist in the high dimensions and the ETs. Right, are, linear are time is us, it, that's us humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the ETs can use their ships to just like skip in and out of time, like time, you know, they can go to like 10,000 years ago or 5,000 years in the future. Time doesn't really exist when you've got an interdimensional hyperspace quantum i don't know what it is craft or whatever right yeah so, so so they've come back from the future to assist us that they, they understand that now on earth we're going through this period of 
intense and incredible spiritual transformation, you know, where we're shifting from this belief that we're separate individuals who are just biological organisms existing on a hostile world. When we die, that's it. Our consciousness ends. Right. But we're going through this shift into this understanding that actually this experience is an experience that exists within our own consciousness. We're creating it as we go. It's all a dream. It's all an illusion. And actually, we're all bliss, love, light, beings of infinite consciousness creating our reality as we go. And so, so this is incredible, like from ETs and angels and all beings watching our civilization at this time. Like Earth is where it's happening. There's very few places in right. creation that are going through like this crux period right now of kind of darkness into the light, kind of the belief in separation and, and fear and you know all the horrible stuff going on, on earth into a reality where, where where we suddenly remember our divinity i, su- and our I suppose it's kind of like watching you know little animals learn how to walk somehow you know it's a little yeah, like, yeah. like oh look they're finally getting it isn't it you know, kind of thing yeah i, I mean i mean Im- imagine if if or if like a group of like pet cats suddenly started pick, picking up bow and arrows and doing archery. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're like, we're like, holy crap. It's a pretty big <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very um, cool. Um, so I do want to get, uh, again, sorry, I'm just trying to be mindful of your time. Um, So your experience, you said on the ship that was, you sort of like remembered post experience, I guess you would say. Yes. So, so, so I thought I remembered it like one to two weeks after, but you've just helped me remember that I must have had it remembered it in that intervening period between September the 11th and the equinox. So I made the video on September the 23rd on the equinox because I told the story that I remembered on, on the, um, on the equinox video. So I probably remembered it about a week after the experience. I was meditating on the beach, Lincolnshire beach, but I can't remember exactly one was, it was a, a quite a remote one. I'm sat, sat near like a, a sewage outfall pipe, actually, interestingly. I, th- I think that's kind of symbolic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> purging, purging the things you need to get rid of, right? Yeah, and there was very much some of that. So, so I sit down in the meditation and I start to recall being on the ship. I start to recall being in like what looked to me like a hotel room with a white bed and a white dressing table and a mirror in front of me and everything was white. And my Yael counterpart, Tahinio, that I, I channel, is sat next to me and he's got a towel over his head. Uh, okay. <laughs> this story only gets weirder, doesn't it? I tell you, <laughs> prepare yourselves. This is not what you think this is. It just gets weirder yeah. and weirder. And he's sat there with a towel over his head. And I think it's something to do with me not being quite ready to see him, not being quite ready for his consciousness. I think there's probably some deep humorous message behind this that I'm going to laugh at one day. Yeah. Something to do with um, like psychology uh, and and some symbolic meaning of a towel over the head. I'm sure there's some joke I'm not getting here that I'm going to get one day. Right. Anyway, that, well, yeah. Nice. Very, again, it's like there, there's so much of that human ego perception filter in front of everything that you're experiencing. And so it's like, OK, I'm creating from my perspective, I've created this white room with you with a towel over your head. It's it kind of interesting then to wonder, okay, well, what are you seeing from your perspective of, of what's happening right now? You know, am I putting that, is that something I've put on your head to like cover up what I'm not prepared for or something like that? Uh, it's definitely something like that. I can, I can kind of hear the ETs laughing in the background now, actually, kind of, kind of telling me that there is some joke there that one day I'll get. I love it. But, but anyway, so, um, so, so what I felt I needed to do is like to go into his consciousness, to focus through the towel into his head and like connect with him. That's what I felt. So, so I'm doing this. And what he shows me is the first thing he shows me is all the suffering that my father experienced due to me in my life. 
<laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Like a little, uh, I guess, some heavy therapy, I suppose, right? Yeah, kind of like a life review thing. You know, you hear these mm -hmm. people in near death experiences where where they get to face yes. all the bad things. They they get shown all the bad things they've done in their life and how it affected the other people. They see it from both points of view. You know, like this was your father. This is what you did to him. This was how your father experienced it. So you can understand. Just grow. It's not really judgment. Right. It's just so you can get right. a understanding of what what you've done, the mistakes you've made, and not, learn not to do them in the future. It's um, more just grow. And then it's not like judgment from their perspective. It's just like showing showing me some mistakes I made understanding how you co-create with someone else when when you don't necessarily take the time to understand somebody else's perspective in the moment you know yeah. you're, you're maybe accidentally co-creating things you don't want because you're you're just not in a space of of having that connective consciousness and understanding how they experience you kind of thing you know like you're in your own experience and that's the thing that I think we have as humans like we're very stuck in our own perspective and it's yeah. you know you got to reach out a little bit to understand somebody else's perspective in order to co-create yeah, yeah. more intentionally yeah and like, like it's like, like our ego you know because 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 like you know like um you know I had a, I, I generally had a good relationship with my father I do I loved him he's passed now he passed away two years ago so so um well, he's hanging out with my dad on the other side of the veil, and maybe they're having a good laugh about the towel. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, my immediate thought is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like always know where your towel is, is the thing that they say in Hitchhiker's Guide. Like, and it's sort oh, of no like, do, I don't know if you're familiar with that book series. Well, well there's, there's actually so, a funny st story about that just quickly, because yeah. um, because I, I decided when I was in Lima, I've just come back from Peru and I was living in Lima in Peru. Oh, wow. City um just two months ago i spent three years in peru you know i was in oh amazing I in, yeah I, I was in lima for the last month in peru just two months ago and i started making this video series so to help star seeds and i was going to call it a star seeds guide to the galaxy and then i decided there to call it a star seeds guide to the universe and then when i moved into the hostel uh, i stayed in in uh, lima for the last month in my room there, there was just like five books on the shelf in the room and like Two of them were in English because I was a Spanish-speaking country, and one of them was the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I love it. So, maybe they were trying to, like, you know, nudge you a little bit. Like, yeah, so, so maybe I do. Maybe I do need to read that to to get the joke. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of uh, the idea of it is if you always know where your towel is, that's somebody who's like got it together and 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 knows what's going on, sort of thing. And so maybe the towel on his head is like thinking of your consciousness. Always know where your where your true put togetherness is it's in your consciousness it's a you know i don't know yeah definitely do check it out it, there it, might be it, something in there for you I, I think i think we're starting to uncover the joke here it's very interesting yeah. like well when you ask a question when you come up with a question the universe always answers it i'm getting this all the time like mm -hmm. I'll, like i'll come up with a question and i'll just forget about it and then i'll see the answer on tv or something or like um or like in a book or just in a sign in the street and it, it's kind of like you know i've just raised this question about where they sharing a joke with me and now yeah. you're just answering it for me you're like the universe saying yes it's the it's the you know cooperative components kind of thing right like abraham hicks talks about being the cooperative component for the universe and you never know when you're the one who is the cooperative component for somebody else yeah well thank you for being the cooperative, cooperative i'm happy component. to help
I can't even say the word, but thank you. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do check it out. There might be some more little, you know, you never know what kind of synchronicities or tidbits might be in the book for you. I know that, um, yeah, it's kind of funny, like Hitchhiker's Guide has been coming up for me quite a lot lately, actually. Um, and the number 42, oh, which is um, the answer to life, the universe and everything yeah. in Hitchhiker's Guide is 42. I don't know why, but it just is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that, that's kind of fun there. I, I, I do love that they have uh, they have a sense of humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna have to get it now. I was kind of like, this is ridiculous. This just seems like childhood humor, and I was like, I was reading it. So, but maybe I'm gonna have to watch it anyway. Yeah. See if there's something more for you in there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, so you're yes, in the so, room, and and yeah, yeah. So, so, so I've been showing all this kind of like a life of you. I, I start crying to, to to seeing all because they show me in an instant. Right? Like, like this is how it works in higher dimensions. They can show you like like years worth of experiences in one instant and mm -hmm. so, so so i i saw like all the suffering my father's um suffered due to me in my lifetime before that i thought it was all his fault you know my dad's a bad guy you know because we used to argue we had a good relationship generally but we did argue quite a lot you know as right. fathers and sons do and it's like he's the bad guy i'm the spiritual one and they showed me very clearly no we don't see it like that we, right. we, we love you both equally we, we love your father as much as we love you we don't judge either of you right um, we, we see that you had a soul mission here we, we see you both equally and i'm like oh Oh, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, but it, again, from the human ego perspective, it's hard to sort of, you know, release the judgments that you have, especially, you know, within yeah, family yeah. groups, it's definitely a big thing, you know, so definitely it's a little bit of a synchronicity for me. I'm kind of uh, I've been writing a, a series of short stories about like um, life reviews. It's It's from the perspective of death, the Grim Reaper, and she's telling stories of her favorite soul collections. And essentially, you know, there's kind of these horrific life stories that happen or these like sort of, you know, tragic or or um, sad life stories that happen. But from the perspective of the non-physical, once you get to that point, once you cross over with death and you're in your transitional space, you recognize all of the unconditional love that the, that's always there for you and the beauty of everything that you lived, even though in the moment that you lived, it seemed dark or seemed uh you know something that you might not have wanted to create or experience but there was so much more value in it that you understood it that, that you didn't understand at the time yeah to totally totally and so that was the kind of experience and anyway after i'd gone through that after i'd like had my my life review and face face the music <laughs> <laughs> like um it's like i somehow had to go through that before i was able to see the amazing part of the experience so this mm -hmm. is the next thing I knew I faced that I cried a lot like on the beach like literally in the meditation I was like crying like, oh my god I can't believe I was such an asshole and what how do I can I not see this kind of like this and like um you know me and my father resolved a lot of our stuff you know before he passed so he's all very oh, beautiful almost yeah. like star, star wars and Darth Vader story yeah <laughs> not like that That's maybe not to that degree but like yeah, just yeah. just you know closure you know I mean? on a lot of, of things yeah. that yeah, yeah. You know, resolving it and, and mm -hmm. the Darth Vader story is very symbolic actually of the human experience but anyway that's going on, off on a tangent without time for so another time yeah yeah so thank you dad for for being here for me and, and like mm -hmm. this room I'm staying in at the minute while I'm back visiting my parents is actually used to be his office so I think it's, oh. uh, it's very much here at the minute so yeah for sure maybe both our fathers are watching this podcast right now oh I like to think so yeah <laughs> 
So, so after I've gone through this ordeal, um, I, 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 the next thing I know in the meditation, recalling the experience on the ship, I'm walking along a ship. I believe Tahinio, my Yaya counterpart, is on my right. Though I don't recall seeing him again from this point. I just kind of feel that he's guiding me along the ship. We're walking around the outside, the right side edge of the ship, along the right side edge of the ship. And um, I feel it was maybe a triangle ship. I'm not sure, though. And um, I'm looking to the left and on my left, I thought I just saw the light flicker then. That was very strange. It switched off. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to the left. Is there some? I can I can hear like electricity arcing. This is going like something out of um, Stranger Things now. Anyway, I love it. So, 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 so I'm looking to the left and um, there's a... Um, a coffee table area. This is how it is. It looked basically like a round coffee table area with like a kitchen area around it with like kitchen counters, like kitchen work surfaces mm -hmm. with um, with like cabinets above them, just like a kitchen with like a, co a round coffee table area. Um, I don't think the ETs drink coffee, who knows, but this is what I saw. It was all very blue. There was a, Everything had a blue hue to it from what I know. Perhaps it was blue lighting. I don't know. I don't know if seeing lighting, but there was Two or three bits, so like two beings stood to the side of the coffee table, two upright beings about six foot tall, normal height. I feel I don't really remember them clearly. One of them might have been bluish. I'm not sure. I don't remember them clearly. But sat on the kitchen counter, fully upright like that, was a like two and a half, three foot tall ladybug being. We call them ladybirds in the UK, the little red insects. Yeah, yeah. Spots. Everyone knows very well. There was like a three foot tall extraterrestrial ladybird bug being, not not down in the normal ladybird position, calling it like this. Right, it but sat, sat up, up like this on the edge of the kitchen counter, as I like call it. Like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like in that, there, because in Beetlejuice, there's a scene where there's like an upright beetle in sort of like a oh, is humanoid uh, position, even though it's a beetle. Oh, I have to watch that. I watched it like 30 years ago or so. And I don't remember. Oh, it's kind of, it's a big, that one's a big movie for me. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna to have to watch Beetlejuice as well. So, 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 yeah, so, 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 there's this, you know, lady, ladybug beetle sat upright, two and a half foot tall, three foot tall, with little legs dangling over the side, and just sat there. I remember him very vividly. I think it was a him. He definitely feels like a him, the male. I remember that very vividly. And we walk on a bit further in the ship, and there's like three beings lined up you know kind of like we're doing like a military parade or something you know I'm being okay. on the ship and now all they're stood there you know waiting to meet me as I walk past them and sure. greet me and like um there's the being that I call the Mayan being there's this story that the Mayans like all disappeared and they maybe ascended into higher consciousness and now a lot of them are extraterrestrials I'm sure there's some uh, sign to this from what I saw and like so there's this being that looks very much like a South American being with a wide head a lot of the South Americans you know kind of wider heads yeah and they, had, they also had very pug ears, which I've never really noticed in the South America. You know what I mean? My sticky out pug ears. Yeah. Really big stick out pug ears. He was um, perhaps five foot tall or something like this. Um, maybe a little bit shorter than me. And like the South Americans are. And um, and he had this helmet on. He had a glass helmet. So none of the other beings I remember had helmets on. But he had like an oxygen helmet, like a space helmet, which was made of glass. And it had like a seam around it, like like a seam around it. And it was like two hemispheres that were bolted together with bolts through the seam, like like the flange, I think, is the proper engineering okay. term. So 
for connection, mm-hmm. like like a seam round it with rivets or bolts going through it, like with these two. Almost maybe kind of like what you imagine from you know uh, Atlantis type imagery uh, from uh, older films that you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the underwater sort of look of of a, that that helmet that they have. Yeah, yeah, kind kind of like this, but it was but it was there was no metal; it was pure glass or pure, right. like some material pure clear all the way around i remember thinking every time i think of it how strange it was because everything else in the experience seemed so advanced almost like i got teleported onto the ship off the ship like everything seems so advanced yet they had this really kind of rudimentary technology like why would they use bolts or rivets it seemed very right. very strange to me like I, I still don't understand that maybe another joke who knows maybe something going i was on. gonna say yeah maybe a little something sort of like <laughs> yeah this is kind of we view your your technology as humans a little bit like this it's a little bit you know primitive and maybe not yeah. necessary yeah or maybe it was so i could recall it easier because it was a bit more what i was used to because i like i said i'm struggling to remember some of the beings have a the sort of a trigger image kind of thing yeah, something yeah that sure to, to my waking conscious that i was more familiar with it'd be easier for me you know like yes. I used to work as an engineer so like flanges and, and rivets and bolts okay and so, so so something that connects in a way to like yeah. keep, keep you grounded in the experience yeah, yeah. I'd be able to recall and and so so and I, I think I walked past two other beings I vague there was two other beings that I don't remember them I think one again was a blue being but I don't remember clearly at the back of the ship there was lots of everything had a blue lighting and at the back of the ship behind them perhaps like 15 feet away so like that 20 feet away uh, about 20 feet away I think like there was like all aquariums like with fishing and like okay. vivariums like you know aquariums without water in, yeah like right and, and I think there was like a, a big giant praying mantis in one but only about this big and I got the feeling that like um, Tahini I've been all the way around the universe saying did you want to meet a human do you want to go to earth and meet a human and and picking up like not just like traditional ets but more like kind of you know what we might call second density or, or right. like, you know more like animalistic like beings like insects and fish and i seem to remember there's a, a tall aquarium with like a big fish in it or something on the left and this is basically all i remember <laughs> interesting you know so um Again, sorry, I want to be mindful of your time here. I know you said you had about two hours, um, but okay. it, it's almost kind of like a dream state situation, too, where you see certain imagery that doesn't really make sense necessarily to your logical mind. But when you start to try to think about symbolically or energetically what it might represent to you, it can maybe start to make a little bit more sense. Like, because when you're talking about this whole experience, I'm thinking about like dream situations that I've had that I'm like, you know, talking about like having like a trigger like something in there that that gets you to remember the imagery more because you connect it to your physical experience your physical Mm -hmm. life but it it helps you to remember the rest of the imagery that doesn't necessarily make sense to your logical mind right so it's kind of having like a, a a grounding mechanism sort of if you will in the experience to help you to to bring that information into your your waking conscious state here kind of thing that's very interesting Totally. And of course, just like, you know, to remind your listeners, you know, although this sounds like a dream or just like a hallucination or or something in a meditation, we've got to remember that this was all memories from what I understand of things that had a lot of physical corroboration, like the missing time or the the move that I I suddenly moved location in the forest, the fighter Mm -hmm. jets flying around me. 
you know, flying back into the city and record, recording the video on Facebook live stream, very emotional, you know, sharing it after it happened. Then the ship's actually showing up and, and flashing us. Like, in the, you know, in the live the stream that live you had. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, again, it's sort of, um, because if you do look at the fact that we are all consciousness, right? Like everything technically that we're experiencing in this physical reality is a dream state every bit as much as our actual, what we consider to be a dream state. And so it is, it's the same thing, right? That you have those corroborating situations happening in this physical reality to corroborate the realness of that in the same way, right? Like here's these triggers, you've lost time so that you know that this is real. It's all, you know, yeah. it's all consciousness. It's kind of, it helps it all tie together for you kind of thing. So, you know, to, that's sort of a, a space that I've been in lately in my uh, um, exploration of consciousness, just the idea of like, you know, well, what is, you know, what, what is real? What, what's real is what you define to be real. Everything is real. Everything you can think of is real. It exists somewhere just because you don't experience it in this physical realm doesn't mean that it's not real. It's just that you don't vibrate with it in the same way that you do with like, you know, this table, this computer, this microphone, it's, it's all consciousness. It's all real in the sense of it's all exists somewhere. It's just that we as humans don't quite yet understand that concept of the multiverse we're not we're not fully plugged in i guess you would say in the sense that you know like how you said you were seeing the screens of like what potential realities you could fall into in the day depending on the you know choose your own adventure choices that you make right if you choose this turn to this page kind of thing and this is what you're going to end up as it's you know that's part of the exciting thing, I think, with with the evolution of human consciousness and where we are. So I, I get it a little bit to to some extent the idea of why Earth is the, the big show and where it's at because you're seeing um, the evolution and the upgrade of starting to recognize how much uh, how much say we really have in creating our own reality and 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 seeing people waking up and seeing that and having a more intentional experience as a human, right? As like you say feeling your soul being your soul on earth right and and that that's kind of the goal is to be your true self your true soul while you're in this fractalized human vessel and to experience that in this earth plane kind of thing in this dream space right to have more control over this dream space if you will sorry i know i probably went off on a little tangent myself there no no very true very true um, well, I do. Again, I thank you so much for being here. Um, I really do enjoy this conversation and your story. Uh, I know that you uh, have, you know, limited time. I would definitely love to have you back again to have another conversation of, of more of, of what you do. I'd certainly share your um, your links with everyone so they can check out your channel and see more of your story um, and see you channeling the yayo. And um, I just before we would sort of wrap up here, do you have any Anything that you might want to share with the audience or any sort of messages that you might want to give? I know that, you know, you have a lot of a lot of them that come through, but do you have anything you might want to share? Um, no, no, I don't think so. I think I think I probably shared enough for today, like two, two hours, 10 minutes of nonstop talking. I think. <laughs> it's our, it, it goes fast for yeah, you. You know, when it's when it is your highest joy, it's like time just stops existing for you. Yeah, just just like uh, check out my website. I offer services, channeling services, and uh, coaching, and learn to channel courses. So, 
Um, I think Haley will probably share the link to this. Somewhere. Yeah, I'll have all the links in the description of the podcast and in, in the YouTube video and all that. So people can find your information, find where you're at and, and explore your story more and explore um, the, the things that you have to offer more. So I do thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing the story, though, um, even though, you know, you don't know me except through the Internet. <laughs> so I appreciate you being willing to come and join me on the podcast. Yeah, thank thank you very much, Haley. It's been a really amazing interview. You're you're you're, you're an excellent interviewer. I've really enjoyed it. We, it's definitely flowed very well. You've given me an opportunity to share some very important things. It seems there's been a lot of synchronicity like around this. I felt very excited to do it, and I understand now why because you know we I feel we vibed very well together. I think so. And, and you, you maybe answered my question about what, why Tahini was wearing the towel over his head. So I'm gonna have to hitchhike his guide to the galaxy. There you go. I'm here to help. <laughs> And yeah, so it feels very synchronous. And and yeah, you you I I know you're fairly new to podcasting, and um, I got another podcast. And I'm doing an interview for they call us channelers, which um, is a super. He's got a hundred thousand subscribers, so I'm going to be on a bigger podcast uh, later. Oh, in the week. very cool. Well, I, I actually thought like because um, like I, I noticed you, you know you're just starting, and I I thought well it feels I just got my resonance, you know I, I I don't care about how many subscribers anyone's got, you know I've done I've done I've been on Vice and mainstream TV, and I I was know, gonna say yeah I know that's actually the first thing that I saw of yours was the Vice video. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I I just follow my excitement because that's what I've got to do because that's what I'm taught by my gut by the Yael and by Bashar and the T the ETs and channeling. And so, so I thought maybe if I if I come on this new podcast that's just getting started, maybe I'll get some um, synchronicity or some good karma or something. I'll get invited on a big podcast, and I did just a few days later. I, I love it. On, um, it's uh, they call us channelers, the the more show with, and he's got over a hundred thousand subscribers. So. Get so, get so. out to a bigger audience, and certainly, you know, that's yeah. I I'm just trusting the universe to guide me into where I can really be full time doing my my passion and my you know this podcasting and my writing and the things that I'm excited about and exploring these concepts and exploring consciousness. So, you know, we'll see we'll see the synchronicity. I'll watch for my own synchronicities too. I I'm sure that they're it's again they're all available in the here and now. You just have to be open to receiving them, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, and yeah, it's just really, really, you know, keep going. You, you're doing a really good job. You've done a wonderful job in this podcast. You know, you're as good as any interviewer. I've, Thank um, you. I, I've done definitely, you know, better than a lot of, you know, bigger and well-known ones, without a doubt. Um, this is one of the best podcasts I've been on. I really enjoyed it. And I, I oh, think, you thank know, you. Yeah, you, you're, you're definitely a natural at it. I, I suggest you keep going. If you just keep going and that's the that's where I'm at. I'm just I'm just going to keep doing it. And then something has to click for me somewhere. I don't know where it is, but that's, you know, the ego self doesn't know. So I'll just have to just let the ego keep doing its little games that it likes to play and just keep doing my highest joy and trust that it's going to fall together in the right way. Yeah. Post regularly if you can to keep the YouTube algorithm and, and your followers knowing when. The, I, yeah, when I know. Right. That's it. the that's the difficult <laughs> part. Right. You got to yeah, keep yeah, up that I'm, content. I, I, I'm still no no good at it now. Like I don't I, I don't post regularly now. I get periods where I need breaks and I have to take breaks, so I can't do the posting regularly thing. And yeah. my YouTube subscribers, you know, um, I don't get these huge views anymore. But like, you know, I'm not going to burn myself out for the sake of you know a few YouTube views. So. No, and you know, it's it's again, you have to trust that your reality supports you regardless of what the you know mainstream 
sort of storyline is, you know, in terms of what you have to be doing to to get followers and things like that. So just yeah, get on t- I was going to say get on TikTok because it's loads easier to get followers on TikTok at the minute. Yeah. I get loads of views on TikTok. It's growing a lot faster. So get some clips on TikTok. Yeah. Follow where the platforms go for sure. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I do hope I could have you back again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to come back on sometime. It feels like it feels like we've only just started talking. You know, it's been two hours and eighteen minutes. Yeah, I've, I've only just touched on the start. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back on and um, talk about. You know, maybe we'll be talking about this, this September's contact experience next. I year. love it. That would be great <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Haley, and th- thank you to all your listeners for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed it, and um, I'll see you all in another now. That's right. Thank you, Haley. Bye-bye. Yeah, sorry. Hi again, friends. That was my conversation with Jonathan Trinity Martin, again, who channels the Yael civilization or collective consciousness referred to as the Yael. If you'd like more information about Jonathan, you can find the links in the description that I have to his YouTube channel and you can get more information and see more of his channeling and see him in the channeling state. If you'd like to support more episodes of this podcast and meet more fascinating and wonderful humans, then do go over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Abernathy Franklin. That is also the umbrella Patreon for my fictional podcast, The Adventures of Abernathy Franklin, which you can find wherever you're listening to this podcast. I do thank you all so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Jonathan. And wherever you are out there, friends, I hope you're doing well.